back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffin, along with Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 81. Artie, 81. 81, baby. 81. Man, do we have a show on tap for y'all. Holy hell. I'll tell you, 81 is a Hall of Fame number, and this is going to be a Hall of Fame episode. This may be the biggest production we've ever put on everybody i mean y'all already know who the who the headlining guest is this week on the boneyard podcast none other than svp's right hand man stanford steve he's gonna be on later i mean already we we've been we've been talking to stanford steve for a couple weeks now and i mean we he's always kind of been one of those one of those white elephants that we've always kind of wanted on the on the podcast right like we've always talked about hey like Who's somebody that Let's, we want on that maybe it, isn't exactly. related to ECU? He's top of the line. Like he, he, him and SVP are like two of our top wanted guests that we want. So um, really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to y'all hearing that. Um, also, it's National Signing Day already, so we're going to talk about all the signees that we had had come in today and, and sign their NLI, their National Letter of Intent. Um, and then, yeah, so Artie, you said a Hall of Fame number. Oh, yeah. Speaking of it. Go ahead, hit him with it. Go ahead. T.O. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Actually, his birthday uh, just was uh, last week, a week ago. Wow. Uh, yesterday. So, happy birthday, T.O. Um, talking about T.O., he, he's... Hall of Famer, six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. He's the a member of the Hall of Fame All-2000s team. War number 81 his whole career. I mean, what can I say? I mean, with, with the 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, the Bills, and the Bengals. Like, mm-hmm. this man lit the world on fire for the whole 2000s and just – I mean, he, he he was must watch. Yeah, I mean, Terrell Owens, hate him or love him, it, it doesn't matter. He is a he's undoubtedly a top ten receiver all time in the history of football. In my opinion, he's top five because I got to see most of his career. I'm somebody that actually got to watch Terrell Owens for most of my life, and there just wasn't another receiver like him when he was on. Nobody can match what Terrell Owens did. I mean, you know, outside of the Randy Moss. Or, you know, a Marvin Harrison or somebody like that. I mean, Terrell Owens was the guy in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, leading into the late 2000s. He was just that dude. And uh, 81, man, real, real special. Shout out to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was one of those guys that, like, I watched and we all grew up watching. And he he, he did That's special my things. I mean, Going uh going to the star, I mean that because that was TO, right? Like going to the star in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, go, going to the star and planet and then you know, eating the popcorn from the from the fans. He, uh, he was you know, he was the he was the OG king of, of celebrations. He's one of the rare guys that really produced on the field, but his personality and all the stuff he did off the field was almost as big as what he did on the field. He's just one of those rare dudes that you just find once in a lifetime, once in a generation. That's for sure. But, Artie, it, it is National Signing Day as we speak. 
or early it's the beginning of the early national signing day period or whatever you want to call it uh Artie what a day what a day um what a ECU, class ECU picks up 15 signees in the in the first day of the early signing period yeah um i mean <laughs> this is a star studded class i mean ranks as the fifth highest class in in the American Athletic Conference 75th nationally um the the coaching staff really hit on a bunch of the areas that that we uh what well, that we really needed especially offensive line yeah oh my goodness yeah i mean you, so, you look at it i mean the the old line is i mean that that's the one unit that probably needed the most help and our coaches knew that Houston knew that they went out and they did it. They, I'm not saying they got the guys that are going to be, you know, ECU Hall of Famers or anything like that, but they went out and actually put an effort into getting quality guys on that old line because they know Houghton's coming back. We got a lot of guys coming back next year. Next season is a season where we're trying to take a step forward from a seven and five season, bowl game season this year. We got to go forward, not backwards. And, uh, you know, shoring up that old line is definitely priority number one. Yeah, I mean, and that that was it was it was made evident. I mean, you you talk about ECU gets uh, a signee, the the best offensive line signee that they've ever had in, in program history, um, and, and Jacob Sacra. Yeah, I mean, this guy, three star recruit, had offers from Boston College, um, Liberty, Maryland, Old Dominion, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Oh no, not Virginia Tech. And not wait for us, but he, he had a bunch of offers and he could have gone to play anywhere, really. Could have played in the in the SEC. He's from Baltimore. It, it's surprising he, he didn't uh stay close to home, but hey, he decides to come join the Pirates and, and uh protect our, our star quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited about this class. Looking forward to getting to know some of these guys, looking forward to seeing what they can do and what they can bring to Pirate Nation. That that's for damn sure, Artie. And we are we're we're gonna get to know them really good and really quickly. Yep. Uh here here in a little bit, we're gonna actually have some of the signees on the podcast. Uh we, we got uh a couple of them coming on. Um we got I think it's about six or seven total coming on the podcast uh this episode, along with Stanford Steve. So yes, guys, when we say we're the premier podcast of Pirate Nation, we mean it and we're not lying to you. We're here to entertain you, people. We're not here to bore you. We're not here to, you know, <laughs> put you to sleep. We're here to entertain you. That's why we do it. Yeah, Artie. And an, another another big um, step in the right direction and shoring up, I mean, ECU's already dominant defense. Coach Blake Harrell, friend of the podcast. Yeah. I mean, he went out and his staff went out and they secured a, a bunch of a bunch of uh, good guys in the secondary. And and we're gonna we're gonna have some of them. Uh, we're gonna have one guy on the defense coming on here in a little bit that I'm really excited to talk to, uh, Chandre Mims. Yeah, his brother is CJ also mm-hmm. a D lineman is also committed and in, in coming to coming to Greenville to play. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about both these guys. Chandre, you know, six foot two seventy six. CJ. Six foot three oh two. I mean, these are some big boys. These boys can absolutely light it up and play. They come from good stock. They come from New Bern. 
If you don't know, if you're not a resident of North Carolina, New Bern, West Craven, New Bern High School, they produce some really good athletes down there in New Bern. So uh, very, very excited for those two brothers coming into the program. West Craven High School, uh, that's where Justin Hardy went, I believe. Yes, he did. So, yeah, I mean, also, you can't you can't talk about this class. It's It really starts with Marlon Gunn. I mean, this kid, we're going to have him on the podcast here, here shortly. Um, had offers from California, Virginia, Florida State. Oh, man, Florida State had a rough day. Uh, <laughs> yes, they did. Purdue, SMU, South Alabama, TCU, and Tulane. I mean, this is a kid that he had an offer to play at home in Tulane. He's from Baton Rouge, and he he chose ECU. He chose the the better purple and gold outside of LSU uh, to to wear every single Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about him. We our running back room is is already filled with a bunch of goats. Here's another one. Just keeps getting better, baby. It just keeps getting better. I don't, did you mention uh, Parker Moore as well? Nope. Another guy we're going to have on here here in a little uh, bit. Yeah. One of, one of the key transfers we got, uh, offensive tackle Parker Moore, 6'4", 313, coming from West Virginia. Um, he's also a really smart kid, too. He made the Big 12 all-academic squad. Uh, so I'm extremely excited to get him into the uh, O-line room. You know, he's going to be playing some, you know, I, I wouldn't say lesser talent. You know, I, I would say the Big 12 and the AAC kind of have talent, maybe on par, maybe a little less. Uh, but a very, very excited to get a guy from West Virginia who is probably looking to start right away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you think about it. He, he's going to come in. He, he's going to fill in one of those tackle roles um, very quickly. Um, another guy I'm really excited about, we're going to have him on, Brock Spalding. This is a guy that I've been keeping up with. Ever since he, uh, ever, ever since he committed, I, I believe he committed back in June. Th- this is a kid that he he's the real deal. He's he's got good he's got good hands. Um, he, he's he's kind of undersized for a wide receiver, but as we've seen with Tyler Sneed, uh, it, it's that's not a big deal. This guy's 5'10", 180. That that competes. Yeah, yeah. That competes. honestly, I was just about to say that five ten one eighty. At ECU, we'll take it because usually those guys are the, are the are the monsters. I mean, those those are the guys to put up put up the big numbers. So definitely excited about him. Uh, excited to get him in, and uh, you know he could possibly be the next Tyler Sneed as Tyler Sneed makes his way on out of the program. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean Brock had uh, offers from us, Army, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina, Connecticut, Duke, Liberty, Marshall, Maryland, UMass. Old Dominion, Toledo, and Tulane. Yeah. So I mean, that that's that, that's decent company. You got you got a couple P five teams in there, but I'm willing to bet that we have one of the better recruiting classes out out of out of that out of that group of, of schools. Absolutely. But yeah, and and he can come in and make an impact immediately. He can, this that's the thing. Like some of the guys, they can come in and make an impact immediately. But that's that's the great thing about where we're at as a program. We don't need them to come in exactly and start automatically. They can these are guys that can come in and develop and kind of you know learn some tutelage from the older guys, get a little bit a little bit better. We are gonna need some of these guys to come in and probably step in immediately as holes will need to be filled, but that's gonna be based on our talent level as well. But like you said, we're in a good spot in our program to where we can kind of nurture 
and teach these young guys that have raw talent but might not have the football IQ yet, develop them and make them stars. Yeah, that, that's for sure. And um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about this group. We've got a really good group already coming in. We're going to talk to them here here in a couple seconds. Um, so yeah, to me, you couldn't ask for much better right now. Um, ECU is in a prime position to when you look at them. Yeah, they're they're fifth in the conference. But the only team ahead of them that's going to be in the conference in three years is Memphis. That, that's the only one. And yeah, we, we lost out on on a recruit that decided to go to Memphis. But that. yeah, but hey, that that's okay. That's okay. And we're losing out. The we've lost out on another recruit here recently, um, Eric Gilliard. Already now we're standing like two feet away from him uh, at at the at one of the games. Yeah. I can't remember which game we were we were standing behind him at, and it, it was one of those. I, I told Artie, I looked at him, I said, "Look, like, uh, you, you, he was being heavily recruited. Blake Carroll came up, um, Coach Houston came up. They all they they sent." everybody up to him at the game. They took time out of warmups to make sure they came and talked to him. Uh, and, and he loved Greenville. He loved the atmosphere. Um, but he decided to go to Kansas from UCF as yeah. a linebacker because, Hey, he can start immediately. He, yeah. He's I mean, not going to, he's not going to start here. Exactly. Exactly. He, he knew going to Kansas was going to give him an opportunity to kind of shine right away. Um, but you cannot fault our coaching staff. You can't fault Blake Carroll. We have to go out and try to get these big hitters. I mean, and I mean that's just that's just the goal. It's it's the business of football. We're gonna get a lot of yeses. We're gonna get a lot of noes. We're gonna get some maybes. I mean that's that's just the business of football. But you cannot deter away from trying to get the big fish. I mean the goal at the end of the day is to get a marlin and not a goldfish, and that's always gonna be the goal. So there you go. And then um, another linebacker that we're gonna have join us on the podcast. Uh, Sam Donka uh, from Fort Fork Union Military Academy. He, he's going to be joining us. Six four two ten. Uh, he he, do, he doesn't have any stars on 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 twenty four seven. That that's where I go for uh, punny. That's where I go <laughs> for uh, for my for my um, recruiting analysis and whatnot. But yeah, he he seems like an interesting kid. But another guy on defense that, that I'm excited to have on on the podcast and excited to have in the program. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, 247 did a great job of covering this all day long. Uh, it was on ESPN Plus. I did not get a chance to watch it. Sadly, I was at work and uh, I, I could not watch any of it. I wanted to. I heard they had it in the stadium and they had a nice little setup. And it, it was re- it was really nice. Yeah, I heard they had a real nice setup. I heard that the weather was pretty nice, you know, not not bad weather today. So um, but, you know, just just the entire event surrounding National Signing Day from what it, from what it's been growing up. I mean, National Signing Day used to be something that was never on TV. It was just something that you would see on the highlights and you would only see like the top 20 or top 50 or whatever recruits be named off. And it'd be like a little five minute segment on Sports Center. And now it's a full fledged big deal. I mean, you have all these schools and all these colleges making a big deal about it, setting things up. And I love to see it because it's a big day in the life of these kids and it's a big day in the life of their families. All right. Well, Artie, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and send it over to our first group. Um the incoming freshmen that we we've got on the podcast. Uh, let's go ahead and send it over to them. Uh, we got Sam Donka 
we got Brock Spalding, and we got Marlon Gunn Jr. Star studded. Love it. Only on the premiere podcast of Pirate Nation. Here it is. Hope y'all enjoy. Once again on the Boneyard Podcast, everybody, we are pleased to be joined by two of the newest members, maybe a third coming on here, here in a minute. Um, Sam Donka and Marlon Gunn Jr., two of the new signees at ECU um, in, in the early signing period. How's it going, guys? How's it going? It was good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. The pleasure is all ours. So y'all, y'all get to sign with, with ECU. Uh, I mean, I'm sure this is a – a dream that you're you're fulfilling right now. I mean, you're able to say that you're going to be playing D1 football. What's what's the thoughts going through your mind now that now that like uh, that first that first step is over? For me, I'm excited. Like I'm ready to go in January, ready to play ball. So <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, it's just you know another step, next chapter. You know, you just got to be ready for it all. You know. It ain't, you know, it's time to mature up, you know, be ready for whatever step in front. That, that's that's for sure. Artie, you had a question? Yeah, now, now guys, you know, obviously kind of getting right into it. Why East Carolina? What, what was the deciding factor that made the two of you choose East Carolina and choose that purple and gold? Um, I chose East Carolina because they was the first school to jump on me. I mean, I began recruited by like a lot of schools like around my junior, senior year, and then COVID hit, so that kind of messed up a lot. And then so it's just seeing something just going down and then you back up like you – because I did a prep year, so I had to work for that for Union, you know. That's like them being the first school to notice me and offer me, that meant a lot. Gotcha. I chose, you know, I had, you know, some other kind of offers and stuff, but I chose these you because, like, like Coach had told me, he was like, you know, you committed to us, so we committed to you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they stayed with me throughout, you know, the whole thing. Like, sometimes, you know, from other schools, I hear from them, like, you know, every two weeks. Or it might be a month or so far I hear from them. But I'm talking about, you know, they kept up with me almost every week, checked in on me, you know, even if it was a text message, anything. So, you know, and then just my relationship with the coaches and, you know, the fun I had on my visits, you know, it was just like that. that's the place to be. Gotcha. Yeah, so – Tell me, tell me a little bit about about like uh, your your visits. Uh, what what did they show you? Maybe from a from a um, from a facility standpoint, or um, from the coaching staff. What 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 was it that stood out about about ECU um, while while you were on your visits, Marlon? I'll I'll, hand it, I'll throw it over to you first. Um, but other schools, you know, like all the coaches, they wouldn't interact with you. Like, you know, I play Ben and I play running back. You know, it'd probably be like the offense of coaches that are probably interact with me. You know, the defense coach wouldn't really act, interact with me. You know, which I don't, you know, really expect them to do. But like, when I was up there, at East Carolina, it's like every, you know, D line coaches talking to me, cornerbacks, coach, safeties coach, everybody, strength coach, everybody talking to you. So it's like, dang, if you get a relationship with everybody, you never know when you're going to need them. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, sometimes it's more than football. You know, it might you might be, you know, one day you could go talk to a coach about personal life, anything. So it's more than football. That's why that relationship, you know, and different things like that. And as far as facilities, why, you know, facilities real nice, you know. East Carolina probably had like one of the, you know, most beautiful, you know, 
facilities that I hadn't seen or my other visits that I went on. Gotcha. Sam? I mean, yeah, kind of the same thing what he's saying, like the connection with the coaches and all that facility stuff. That definitely played a part. Also, what stood out to me, I say, is how the facility all together, like it's not far where you got to travel with study hall and all that and the coach's office right next door. So just that stood out to me as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, now kind of getting to you guys' high school uh, football days, you know, and, and Sam, I'll go to you first here. What was the moment, you know, in high school and, and playing football where you guys kind of kind of knew, okay, I can I can take this to the next level. Like my, my play is good enough to play D1 football. What was that moment for you? For me, probably my junior year, I was playing cornerback, and I don't know. I guess after, like, week two, like, I started getting interest from coaches, like, some Division One, so I started taking visits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I felt like after that, like, I'm seeing stuff different because I'm the first in my family to, like, play college ball. So I'm, like, seeing everything for the first time. It was kind of exciting, and I just knew I could take off from there. So Gotcha. So I say, yeah, I say my junior year because that's just like, you know, that that was a COVID year. So, you know what I'm saying? You had to go in every game with that chip on your shoulder. Like, man, this could be my last game playing. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this this season could be cut short. You know what I'm saying? So you had to go in there with it, like every game. you like, man, I got to play my heart out. You never know. This is my last game, my junior year or not. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and then, like, coaches, you know, they start hitting you up back-to-back, following you on Twitter, you know. And then it's just amazing, like, being I'm from Baton Rouge, just, like, coaches, you know, from all over, you know, like, the world is like, dang, how y'all even notice me like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a blessing, for real. Just take it all in, one step at a time, for real. Now, I, I, I'd love to know, like, so if you had to say one thing about your style of game, about your play, that – um you think maybe stood stood out to to the coaches or um, when you were being scouted and whatnot? What would you what would you say that that you can bring to the table? Bring bring to the ECU football team, uh, Marlon. I'll I'll start with you. Um, you said one thing, so I'll probably go with like mm, my size, probably, because like you know I was five. Well, you know, like at the time I'm like five eleven. I'm like 202 running the ball in high school. So it's like people look at me like, dang, he a big old back. And then I'm dragging people left and right, getting first down. <laughs> I'm dragging four, five people for 15 yards. It's like, dang. So, you know. And then my speed played a big part of that too because, you know, I can get away from defenders. But, like, you know, my size really, you know, top everything. Gotcha. Sam? For me, I think it's my versatility. I'm very versatile, so just being able to play in a lot of positions defensively helps me out, and I like I can learn quick and move with it. So with that, yeah, and then my size, because you don't see too many six five safeties. So just being like blessed with my with my height and stuff, and being able to move, then that plays a lot. Gotcha. Now, kind of a uh, kind of a fun question here, and and Marlon, I'll come to you first on this one. What is the best moment that you've had in your football career so far, whether it's a play or an experience or whatever it may be, what's, what's the best moment to date that you've had? Um, I had a lot of moments, but they all like my favorite one. It, it happens almost every game. It's like, 
uh, it was one game I don't really remember, but this dude, man, he had he had tackled me, and he was he had got up. You know, they do they talking or whatever. He got up, right? And he was like, "Man, you ain't even that good. Keep in mind, we on like the twenty yard line. We still got like eighty <laughs> more yards to go." So he like, "Man, you ain't even all that good. I don't even know why they boost you up like that." Da, 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 da. So I ran over to my coach. I'm like, "Say, coach, look, I just need the ball one more time." One more time, coach. You'll get to me right, right quick. One more time, coach. I promise I ain't going to let you down, coach. And I went back there. Coach called to run and play. And I went and ran 80 yards, scored it. And I ain't even say nothing back to him. My work going to speak for itself. That's my favorite moment. Like, I ain't really got to show you much. My work going to speak for itself. So, you know, when he said that, that had to turn me up a notch, for real. Gotcha. Sam? Can you repeat that question? Yeah, your 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 best high school football moment that you've had up to this date in your career. What what is what is that moment for you? Like best play, whatever it may be. Sure, it probably had to be when I picked off uh Billy Edwards my senior year. Yeah, I was like him and I. We talked, we exchanged some words because uh, it was last year's game, the year before that. So my junior year, throwing a comeback route on me, and ever since then, like he just like. He'd try to like pick on me about it, but you know, I want I'll be talking back. So <laughs> I just yeah, uh, we we see each other. We just be talking a little bit, and after that, I mean, game time. I'm yeah. baiting him, walking down the line, showing I'm about to blitz, and I just drop back. He ain't see me. I made an interception. So that had be one good moment. Yeah, I think uh, I think Billy Edwards was at one time maybe committed or was really looking at coming to ECU but uh yeah I mean try to get him in there yeah um so kind of another fun one um now now you've y'all both been to been to games at at ECU correct what what was that atmosphere like I mean walking into walking into Dowdy like seeing seeing the fans seeing the entrance seeing all that like taking in the game day atmosphere what 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 did you think? Like what was going through your mind going into that? Oh, uh, I mean, I had never seen a pirate, so I was shook when I was yeah, I seen that whole like dance. <laughs> that was kind of crazy. And then uh, with the fans, like man, it's a you know what I like about ECU. It's a small town, so everything's all about football and like mm-hmm. ECU football, and I like that. So I came to the Cincinnati game, and I think that's the day after, literally the day after Thanksgiving. And I like, I mean, stadium was packed, and I'm just like, dang, like people could be at home with their family and stuff, and now they came out watch the game. So, yeah, I, uh, I came to the game. They played South Carolina early in the season. That was my official uh, down though. And even though you know, it was early in the season, you really know, you know, you don't really know what they expect from a team early in the season, you know. So like. Yeah, I'm talking about crowd, you know, wild, different atmosphere. Had never seen nothing like it before. It was just, you know, amazing experience for real. And just kind of topping what he said, you know what I'm saying? People could be at home, but they at the game. It's hot as on or what out there. They sweat, no shirts off, no, they're painted, no, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I had, like, you know, back to top what he said. You never seen no pirate before. You, you know, you watch TV and cartoons and stuff, but it's not real like pirate walking out before you run out for a yeah. game. It's crazy. Now we all know that uh you know field swag is 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 a thing, right? So what kind of field swag do the do the two of you bring, and do you think it's important to have field swag or not? And I'll, I'll go to Sam first. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. 
you got you got to have some sort of drip because that give you confidence. Mm-hmm. And then with me, just I like to talk, so I'm pop that. You know, I'm pop my shit for sure. And just like yeah, you definitely need feel swag because like that plays a mental game, and the game is ninety nine percent mental. I tell you mm-hmm. that. So yeah. Yeah, tell what he said, you know, I came up with the, you know, you look good, you play good, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you looking good and you feel it. That's just like you going on a date, you know what I'm saying, with the old, <laughs> you know, the old lady. If you looking good, man, you going to feel good. Like, yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, like he said, 99% mental. The game, you know, mental, man. You could be as physical as you want. If you ain't mentally ready, it ain't going to break you apart, for real. So you got to be, you know, swagged out, for real. Hey Brock, you Brock, you on? Oh man, he uh, left us. I, I thought I thought we had him on, but uh, let's see, Brock, Brock, you on? Hello. Hey Brock, sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even see you there. Oh, that's fine. So real quick, I, I wanted to kind of get your your take, Brock. Uh, Brock Spalding, wide receiver, uh, joining us now on the Boneyard Podcast, also. Uh, Brock, I, I want to kind of get your take on what what is what was it about ECU that really stood out to you? Um, honestly, just like the coaching staff and like how much they actually reached out and cared about you. Other, unlike other colleges that I had, like they actually like cared about you and would check up on you every every week. And I don't know if that was just like a like a thing that just happened to me or I don't like, but like it was it's just different, honestly, and it's like. I like when I went there. I liked like how committed they all were to their recruits and how they treated you and stuff. So you know I, that just stood out to me a lot, honestly. Awesome, yeah. And w- one of the questions that I'd, I'd like to like to ask all of you. So I mean, y'all are coming in. There's old guys going out. There's guys already in the program that I'm sure that maybe you've had a chance to talk to. What? Are, what are some guys that have you have y'all talked to any of the guys in the program already? Um, who who have you reached out to? Who's reached out to you? Like what what's that? What's that like? Uh, Sam, we'll, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean the players they definitely they talking to us. I mean they showing love. I mean they keeping it real. Like so, we already starting like a little brotherhood already, already building a connection and stuff like that. So. They real, and then they tell you what you need to get right for, and stuff like that. Marlon, kind of, kind of the same question, but I mean, you're 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 coming into a, a running back room. I mean, Nemo Squire also signed with ECU, but you're coming into a running back room with Keaton Mitchell and, and Raji Harris. What, what, what have you heard from them or talked to them, and what what's that like? Nah, I mean, they, you know, kind of keep up with me, you know, tell me congratulations, stuff like that. I ain't really, you know, got no real contact with them. But, you know, I just, you know, going into the room with them, I just want to, you know what I'm saying, learn from them, you know. So when my time up, you know, when my time come, you know what I'm saying, it's just like, hey, I kind of already knew this. I already knew what they expect, listening to what they saying or watching what they doing, you know what I'm saying. Brock, same question to you. I mean, they kind of just, like, told me, like, the program's on its way up and We've seen that, obviously, this year, making a bowl game first time in a few years. And, you know, just, like, seeing them and how, it, how it's been going up with Coach Houston there, like, that's that's a great look. And that's something you definitely look forward to as an athlete. And, 
just seeing that they're they're going up and hearing from the actual players, not just from the coaches, because the co- the players will tell you how it really is, and just hearing from them that it's actually going up, like that that's just a huge thing, and you know that, that just really stuck out to me. Yeah, you know, Brock, you know, another question for you, you know, because you're coming in as a receiver and, you know, ECU is a school that's had a lot of good to great receivers come out, whether it's Zay Jones or Justin Hardy or, you know, a, a, a Tyler Sneed or somebody like that. What kind of game do you bring and what do you think is your best, best asset coming into the program? I mean, I, I like I love to compete, honestly, at any any type of level, any type of any time, anywhere. I, I'm just a competitor, honestly, and uh I might want to come in and compete, whether that's in the weight room, on the field. And my best asset, I think, is just my hands and being able to catch the ball and be able to focus on the ball when it's in the air and maybe be able to make plays while it's in the air. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. But, um, Brock, you, you got you got some big praise earlier. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, I don't know if you saw, was on the uh, – he, he was on the, the signing day show on ESPN+. Plus. And he, he was saying, hey, this Brock Spalding kid, he, he has hands like Justin Hardy. That, that's big praise coming coming from Donnie, who who coached Justin Hardy. Um, what, what would you say about, about your hands and um, that, that skill set? I mean, for him to say that in the first place, I, I just really felt honored. And, you know, I took that I took that to heart. And I, I appreciate Coach for saying that. And honestly, I just feel like I can – I have bigger hands for my size. And it's just like – I feel like I just focus on the ball more and, you know, just when I, when it's in the air, I just feel like I just have this mindset of where, like, that's my ball. And, like, anyway, if anyone else wants to compete with it, like, I, I feel like I have to beat them no matter what. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, Artie, you got any other questions? Yeah, my my, my last question for, for you guys, and this is another fun one. Um, you guys catch a pass or you get a scoop fumble or an interception – and there's nothing but green grass in front of you getting to the end zone. What is the very first touchdown dance that you guys do on your very first score in college? Sam, I'll go to you first. Uh, I don't know. My probably I'm probably just gonna walk away with it. Okay. Get, I like get that. hyped I with the team. That. Get hyped with the team or just walk like I've been there. Marlon? Yeah, I like. I like to keep it cool. I don't really like to do too much, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you got to act like you've been there before, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I'll probably just kind of kneel down, throw my hand, you know, up to God, praise him, and then come on with the team and jump all on the sideline like crazy. Gotcha. Brock? I mean, honestly, I, I've seen those, like, linemen are huge. So, like, when they do the thing where, like, you jump up in the air and they, like, hold you up there for a second, I want to get one of those one of those pictures of one of my linemen. That, that was, that's probably my first celebration. Got you. I love all those answers. Respect all, 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 all of those answers. Yeah, don't, we, we don't need a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. <laughs> you finna see me doing no backflip for 20 seconds. It ain't finna happen. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last – so when, when y'all were in Greenville for your visits, did anybody get a chance to take in uh, a place called Sup Dogs? Did y'all, did y'all get to go eat there? Yes, sir. Most definitely. Yes, sir. All right, so let, let's go with uh, let's go Marlin first. What 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 did you order? Do you remember? Uh, I got the little burger with the little uh, I, I got a burger with nothing on it. I had got some uh, some meat, bacon, and bread, and I had put some barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> oh, sounds good, Sam. I think I had the 
was it the smokehouse burger okay i think it was that yeah i had that with uh some fries and some extra sub uh sub dog sauce yeah. gotta get gotta go extra sub sauce. Yep. sauce and brock um you know i was with there with sam and you know he saw me get it so he had to get it too because you know Nah, he lying. <laughs> my son, he lying. But uh, because look, uh, I got yeah, the same I, order on my visit. I didn't change nothing up. But I got that, and it was it was really good, and yeah, that's a place. I heard he he went to a local school. The owner of that went to a local school that you know is our biggest rival around here. So that, that was cool to hear, also. But yeah, it's a great place. It's a great atmosphere. Seeing like their uh, seeing like their uh, the shack comes in there and they shut down the street. They were telling us yep. about that, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's I think it's a great place, and you know, I, I love that place. Well, awesome. Well, that's all we got for y'all. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, sorry, sorry, I, I didn't see you join in, Brock. Uh, but thank y'all, thank y'all again for for the time you've given us uh, to talk to us today. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Y'all take it easy. So once again on the Boneyard Podcast, we're we're pleased to be joined by now. The three transfers coming in in this signing class. Uh, we got David Chapeau, Chandre Mims, and Parker Morris. David, did, did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Good. Good. That that one, I was like, oh man, I, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna butcher that one, but I'm glad I'm glad I got it right. So guys, y'all y'all are transferring in to to East Carolina. David, you went to the Air Force Academy. Chandre, you you went to Charleston Southern. Parker. West Virginia. I'll start with you, David. What what was the thing that kind of set ECU apart when, when you were looking at schools to transfer to? Um, so mainly I was <coughs> sorry, my throat got tickled. Um, so I was ta- in talks with Dan Orner, who's the kicking coach of John Young. Oh my. And um I was kind of like I kind of had an in almost to where I was talking with John. He was telling me kind of the opportunities, things like that. And mainly just because the coaches, so great coach Dallas, he just kind of, it did help having an in almost just because you knew that the coaches, what they were telling you kind of weren't BS or anything like that, you know, and just the atmosphere here. I came on the South Carolina game and Temple. I enjoyed it. Um, and just kind of just everything around it, good coaching staff, um, good culture, and just kind of the opportunity in terms of spots opening up and things like that. All right, Parker, what about you? I mean, what what stood out to you about ECU? Um well, first off, when uh, I put my name into the portal, uh, I was looking for a place, you know, closer to home, which is uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, just recuperating, uh, recovering, you know, because I dealt with a lot. But, um, you know, I, I um, chose ECU just because of the environment and the culture there. You know, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants that same goal and succeeding, trying to get a conference championship. and. Um, and even more than that. So, you know, the environment there, the people, just the culture there is just a, a, a good place to be at for my my mental sake and things like that. And then, Chandra, 
you, you're coming in in kind of an interesting situation. So you actually got to play in Greenville this past year. Um, you you enter the transfer portal and, and you decide to transfer to ECU. Um, your brother also signed with the ECU. We we tried to get him on, but he's uh he's playing a basketball game right now. So, Chandra, talk talk to me about what what stood out to, to, about ECU to you. Uh, to me, ECU really like right down the street for me. So coming out of high school, I was under size, under recruited. So I went to Charleston Southern, and so. I feel like I had to max out what I could do with FCS wise, so I was like, "Bro, why not come back home?" My little brother's already committed here, played ECU, did a, had a great game against them, so I really already had a feel for it. So once I did hit the portal, I had like was it sixteen or seventeen offers coming out of the portal, and it was Tulane, ECU, and a few more of the uh, American Conference. And I'm like, "Bro, we and my little brother always dreamed about playing together, so why not make it happen?" Close to home, mom ain't got to go way over yonder no more. And it just was a great atmosphere, man. And ain't nowhere to play besides being the ECU, I feel like. The atmosphere is definitely there. Now, Chandra, you, from what I understand, you, it, it was supposed to be a surprise. Uh, you were supposed yeah. to surprise your mom at signing day. Uh, I think someone jumped the gun on, on announcing it uh, early for you. So – so tell me, tell me a little bit about what what you at least had planned. Okay, so me and my, uh, so my mom, she was it was between the top three with WKU Tulane and ECU, but I would tell my mom like, "Mom, ECU playing, man. They really they they ain't got no more scholarships, so she stressed out. So she like, Lord, I'm gonna have to keep making all these flights. So I told my little brother, my little brother was like, "All right, so this is how we're gonna do it. I'm gonna go down, and then while I'm about to sign my paper, I'm gonna be like, Hey, Chandra, where we going? And then I was going to come up behind them and be like, hey, mom, I'm coming home. But ECU, I had told them don't post it yet. But they had went here and posted <laughs> And they were like, uh, sign, Chandra Mills. So I was like, yeah, man, my mom going to find out already. She always on Twitter and stuff. So they really kind of spoiled it. But I was like, wow. she was just happy. Much love for mom. Artie, you got any questions? Yeah, now, um, you know, you guys are all coming in as transfers. So, you know, you're not high school seniors. You guys have been there, done that before. You know what it takes to compete at this level. So, you know, what kind of values do you guys think that you add to this team, whether it's leadership, responsibility, time management, et cetera? What kind of values do you guys think that you add to a program that's on the rise in East Carolina? And, Parker, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, my values, you're going to get a good team out of me. Uh, no matter what situation I'm in, good or bad, I'm always going to be a supporter for the guys to make sure, you know, their their heads up and things like that. Um, they're going to get a hard worker from me. Uh, I've always learned that from my father, and, you know, coming up, just work hard no matter what you go through in life. And, uh, yeah, just I'm just going to give this program my all. Gotcha. Gotcha. David? Um, I feel like definitely just coming from the Air Force Academy with everything to where it's, all military based um, and kind of academics focused. I can really now focus more on football and with everything with the team and things like that. And just kind of just coming in and hopefully making a good difference on special teams with losing John, but uh, just doing the best that I can to make everyone better and hopefully eventually become a leader, things like that. Gotcha. Jandre? Um, I feel like I bring new. Because uh, D-line room for ECU, they're very young, man. They're like babies. So I feel like me coming in be a bigger, uh, older aspect, man, like a big brother to those guys. 
And since I've been there, done that, man, I feel like I'm a pass rusher, so I'll bring that to the table for ECU's defense. But besides that, man, I just feel like I'll be a big brother to those guys since they're so young, and I don't live that and done that aspect of the game. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, go ahead. Go ahead, Jared. No, you go ahead. So I was going to ask you about, I mean, this one's mainly for David. So, David, uh, I mean, you're, you're transferring from the Air Force Academy. What What is that like? I mean, I've always been interested to know, like, what, what is it like playing at, at one of those service academies? And then um, how, how, how does that transfer work out for, for somebody that, that's um, playing competitive sports for them? So really the big thing was um, like right when you come in, people usually coming in to camp and stuff like that in the summer. But we came into six weeks of basic. So it's like military training, things like that, to where you're kind of your body just gets beat up for six weeks. And then they just expect you to kind of roll into football, but like slowly roll into it. And then the season is like two, three weeks after that. So it's really difficult to play as a freshman. But and then in addition to that, um, you're taking really like Ivy level classes in addition to so freshman year, you have to be up at like six something every morning where because we have different squads. So it's kind of like with different dorms and kind of the layout, but there were like 40 different squads. So you would have the upperclassmen and it, it's really kind of the freshman against everyone else in a sense to where it's kind of like that officer enlisted um, aspect, but you're kind of really a servant. You're kind of really, they're teaching you how to follow the whole time. So it's just really heavy focused on school, military, football is kind of your hobby. Like this is why you came here for football for school and military and that's what I noticed just especially on because I'm from Athens so I'm used to UGA things like that with um like the fan bases and stuff like that but it was just kind of different at the Air Force Academy because all the students are forced to go to the games and then like people it's just it's just different because you're kind of away from the city because it's on a military base so it's just heavy school heavy heavy military focus and you got to wear uniforms every day and it's just that's why i just noticed is that with a lot of other schools it's more football focused like we can do this things like that but um with the others it's just your time is really like jam-packed and you have to kind of time management or you're going to really struggle in classes or struggle getting sleep or struggle with football. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, Parker, this is more of a personal question for you uh, because, you know, you were at West Virginia, you know, big 12 school, power five school, uh, you know, played in 20 overall games there, went to a Liberty bowl and played against army, you know, have a lot of experience in that power five kind of atmosphere. What was the deciding factor for you to come to East Carolina and leave West Virginia and maybe not go somewhere else? Um, you know, like I said earlier, uh, just trying to stay local to home. Uh, I left West Virginia, you know, um, all respect to the coaches, uh, strength staff, uh, my position coach, 
the head coach, they they produced me, helped me become a better man, better person off on and off the field. And, um, you know, things just unfortunate for me, you know. Um, they they got a rising uh, star there, all freshman All-American in Wyatt Milam. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a four-star kid, you know, he's a good player. And, uh, you know, it's his time, it's his uh, opportunity to be great. And uh, that's, that's pretty much me wishing the best for him and things like that. But um, as far as choosing ECU, man, like I said, uh, the environment, the culture, the coaching staff, they they brought a lot of attention towards me and my family. They took care of my mom and I when we were on the visit. And uh, just great people, man. Great people. Gotcha. Now, Chandra, here, here, here's kind of a, a different question. Or Since you did get to play the Pirates uh, th- this past year, you had, you had a hell of a game, man. What, what was it? Four sacks? You, you sacked whole nailers four times? Uh, what? Oh, no. That was, uh, I, I, ain't really, I ain't get them four times, but I had nine tackles, 2.5 tackles for loss, and I did have a sack and a half on it. All right. Yeah. Well, you, you still, you still lit it up. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, did, uh, has anybody on the offense, uh, that's already on the team, has anybody reached out to you? Uh, so me and so me and Avery the center, so we go way back, man. Me and Avery, bro, we're so close. We played uh, AAU basketball together. We was like seven, eight grade, and so just watching Avery grow, man, played against Avery all through high school. He hit me up, man. Then a running back followed me on Instagram. Then my homeboy Maceo, we played AAU basketball together as well. Uh, he played running back for them. So I really know a lot of players on the team, man. They just welcomed me, I'm like I'm back at home, man. That was it. Yes. And then similar question to both uh, Parker and David. Parker, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, have you reached out, or have you, or has somebody reached out from from the team, or any of you guys? Like, what's that conversation like? Are, are you already in the group chats? Are you already in the group text? What's that like? Uh, I'll go. I'll go first. But um, yeah, like on my official, I hung out with Holton. Obviously, Ryan Jones was my teammate in high school, so you know I was pretty close with those guys. Um. Uh, both the running backs, Keaton and um, how you say it, Harris, Raji, Raji Harris. Um, you know that they, they they showed love. They were trying to recruit me before I even made my decision. Uh, other guys on the team hit me up and followed me on social media and things like that. So you know, um, that's another that was another positive vibe and from that program. David, I I saw uh, John Young had had a interesting or a funny post today. On, on Twitter, uh, have you had a chance to talk to him, Owen Daffer, um, any of those guys? Yeah, um, like like kind of said I before, um, I was talking with John the whole time. Um, I I really had a maybe a couple months ago about like a two three hour conversation with him on the phone, just about things with the program, things with the coaches, just really getting all the information about it um kind of before I made a decision and then once I was offered a couple of the kickers reached out um I think Carson Smith and he just kind of like said this is a good place to come um and then just kind of when I committed just a bunch of the guys were like follow me and things like that but I've just kind of been in talks with John and just kind of things like that yeah Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, this is kind of a question for all of you guys. Um, you know, when it's all said and done and, you know, the curtain's calling, 
what is the legacy that you want to leave for your collegiate football career? And Chandra, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, I feel like for me, man, my mark I want to be is everywhere he did go, wherever I played it, I worked my tail off. Man, I did everything right, gave it 130%, and just went hard at everything I did, man. That's the only thing I really want to leave my legacy as. Always worked hard, never gave up. Didn't matter what no one else said about him. He said, she said, he just gave his all Monday through Saturday. Gotcha. David? Yeah, just kind of just being known as working really hard, things like that, because all the, you know, stats, things like that can be broken. But just definitely I just want to make sure that I definitely have made connections with all the guys, make sure I'm getting in contact with everyone to where 20, 30 years down the road, I don't regret not, you know, making a difference in people's lives, kind of just things like that, because it's more about the personal level. I mean, no matter if we go play in the NFL or things like that, it's just more, it's more about how you make impact on people's lives rather than kind of what you do on this earth, you know? Right. And uh, to pick up off of David, uh, when my when my days are done at ECU, I want the guys to always know that I got their back. Uh, if they need anything, they can always call my number. I'm I'm one call away from you know assistance. I'm gonna be a hard worker and like somebody that they can count on. Awesome. Now, I'd, I'd like to know. So, you're you're coming to ECU. What what's the one thing? that you're excited for maybe it's a part maybe it's a tradition at ecu maybe it's something at game day maybe it's uh putting on the purple and gold what, what's the one thing you're most excited for come the 2022 football season uh we'll start with you chandre uh playing alongside my little brother man that's <laughs> i'm definitely looking forward to that man and just coming out running out that tunnel and just Cause I've always been on the other side or in the stands watching. You know, you dream about playing with your little brother. I taught him everything he knew, and it's like, dang, I'm really about to play with my little brother. So I'm really just trying to take all this in. That's really one, the really thing I'm really looking forward to in the 2020 club, 2022 club. David, um, honestly, just cause it's kind of been. Because I redshirted my freshman year, which was 2019, and then I opted out because of COVID, um, and I decided to transfer then. So it's just kind of been like realistically kind of two seasons to where I just haven't really been with the team. So I'm just kind of ready to get at it and just be back with the team because I've kind of been working out by myself, kicking by myself. So it's just kind of a, I'm just hungry, you know, ready for that, just to get back to that team aspect. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, just the off-season process, like the process of grinding together, sacrificing together, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, just building that that bond and um, brotherhood. And then, like, for me, uh, this is off the field type of thing, but I'm a homebody, so I don't really go out. But uh, West Virginia is known for being a party school just like ECU is. And uh, hopefully, you know, <laughs> I look forward to uh, – going out more, being around the guys more, and uh, just ha enjoying the college experience. For sure. Gotcha. 
So, Artie, you, you asked a question earlier. I'm, I'm going to ask a similar question uh, now. Do, does drip mean anything in, in to y'all? Yeah, field swag. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, for me, my drip is kind of basic. I just wear gloves, wrist braces, and I just keep it moving. Um, yeah, I, I do think for certain guys' uh, positions, um, for sure, you know, it's a mental thing. It makes them feel good about themselves and makes them feel better and hopefully play at a higher level. But, uh, yeah, I think it means something. Um, I guess I know. Uh, me, honestly, I ain't really got no field drip. As long as I got my little knee brace on the left knee, elbow <laughs> pad, right elbow, we good to go. It's a clean. We, we got, I, I, I didn't even think about that. We, we got some of the big nasties on, on here now. Right, so. yeah. We got the, <laughs> we got the big ugly guys. You already know it, man. You already know it. <laughs> and, and, and David, so I'm, I'm guessing, are you – now that you're you're not at the Air Force Academy, you're gonna you're gonna grow a mustache like John Young or not? I do have a beard right now, actually. Oh, nice. But I mean, it's just kind of it. It's something that like I can do. <clears throat> it's not like I wasn't able to grow a beard or anything. So, which has been kind of nice. But um, and then in regards to the drip, I guess I don't really have much drip. I guess if we say to be honest, <laughs> but there are specific things that like. I can't wear short socks whenever I kick. Just like little things like that that'll throw me off, but not. I don't really know if I just have style, just in a sense in general, but I just kind of like wearing whatever's comfortable, to be honest. So, kind of, kind of going off that though. Do you, do you think there is a kicker superstition? Because I've heard that like kickers have to have like certain attire, certain things go the right way. Like the wind's got to be like. Is is there such a thing as a kicker superstition? It's super funny because John. And um, Charlie Scott, the punter at Air Force, he went to Bama. They both, like, do not wear tights. <laughs> it's, like, freezing cold. They'll – to where Charlie will – he wore pants on the sideline, like sweatpants on the sideline, and then took them off before he went to go punt. Like, I'm not like that, but there is uh, – I just can't wear short socks. That's just not – just because of – I just don't like stuff getting in my shoes. Gotcha. That's really kind of the – it just becomes an annoyance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I definitely think when with people – and sometimes people have favorite parts of the field to where, like, if one side of the field is not feeling good that day, they definitely mentally can kind of feel weaker in the gotcha. sense, which I, I definitely think that can harm people. But, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, give us a fun question. Oh, man, I, that was all the questions I had, man. All right. Uh, let's see. I, I, I've i got one. So talk about the game day atmosphere, and I'll, I'll start with you and kind of compare it. David, you already kind of did this, comparing it to Air Force, but, uh, Chandra, I'd like to hear about, like, the game day atmosphere now that you've seen both both ECU and and Charleston Southern, and then Parker will we'll go with you after Chandra. Uh Talk about the atmosphere compared to where you're coming from. Oh, we can't even compare, man. Half our little, uh, half the little <laughs> visitor section is our whole stadium. But it's like, man, you really can't compare the two. Man, me coming out for game day, what we had, like a little chapel, man. I went to a Christian school. So, at Christian University, we came from chapel, ate, walked on the field, prayed. That's about it. You really won't know no loud yelling how you go to ECU and it's, 
everyone and their mama out there, man. Really a student section. I ain't gonna lie, I really cannot even compare, man. So like where I come from, probably a rating of a two. ECU definitely a 10. So it's really hard to explain. My game day atmosphere is compared to those guys, man. Parker? Um, we're in town. Uh it's it's crazy on game day. Uh you yeah, got sixty thousand packed every every weekend. Uh streets are packed. Um I haven't I haven't been to an ECU game, but uh, I've heard it's the same thing. You know, fifty thousand people, fifty thousand plus people just going crazy. You know, they love their football, and that's all they have. So you know, that's a, that was another thing and another reason why I decided to come to ECU. Yeah, I always always tell people when they ask me what what it's like to go to a game at ECU, and maybe they go to a game at like UNC Charlotte. Maybe they went to Charlotte or went to App or um, went went to some of the other. Um, non-power five schools and they always ask me what, what's it like to go to a game at ECU and I'm always like we got the best atmosphere in in the state I mean a lot of people I've talked to have really said it. it's it is like an SEC atmosphere and I would say we've been to South Carolina Artie and I did we went to South Carolina I think ECU is a better atmosphere than South Carolina bar none no, I, I I will say this you know attendance the last few years has been down and but we're changing it deservedly so because of you know the record and the product on the field but i think you guys are in for a real treat you know with the way the program is going um you know getting 50 to fifty-one thousand back in dowdy is going to make a big difference and i think you guys are going to see that starting next season september 3rd baby i, th- I think that's the day nc yep. state so guys last question for me and and y'all i think y'all y'all were all on um when when we had the the freshman coming in on uh have any of y'all been to sup dogs in, in greenville yet man sup dogs is the spot <laughs> uh, we might actually be going up there again uh my dad and i my brother nice. yeah we might go up there i got the uh chili dog i forgot the name of it but i got two of those and some onion rings that was, man that's oh so good i'm getting that's hungry it. yeah mm. man i ain't been to sup dogs in a minute well, it's probably been about seven years since I've been a sup dog. Oh wow! So I probably, do, do, so probably got to get a refresher, man. Do you I've remember? Charles, I, you said what? Do, do you remember what you what you had? I'm no? not even. I don't even remember what I had. I swear I don't. I think I went down there like on Halloween night. So I really just went in there to get something to drink. I'm pretty sure, and just walked back out. It was so packed down there. David, have you had a chance to to witness sup dogs yet? No, we did go to Bad Daddy's whenever we okay. were there. Okay. Which, I mean, that was good, but I don't know what stuff is there. I've never been. We're we're gonna we're gonna have to change that. Uh when next time we're in town, we'll we'll hit you up and we'll let you know, hey, right. uh we'll we'll uh we'll we'll make sure we all go get sup dogs. I'm sure the guys will take you. Uh oh, always yeah. double the dog. Always double the dog. And and sup dogs is a way better establishment than bad daddies anyway, so I guarantee it. You're in for a treat, David. I got you. All right, guys. Uh, anything y'all want to tell tell Pirate Nation? Uh, now that you're now that you're pirates. Arg. That's all I'm gonna say, man. Arg. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Glad to be back in Greenville, North Carolina, man. No place like it. I'm just kind of glad that it's getting on the right track. To be honest, kind of falling in the right place, right time. You know. With the program. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. 
Well, guys, it's it's been a pleasure having y'all on. Congratulations again on uh on making one of the best decisions of your lives to become pirates. Uh, so yeah, congratulations. We're we're, we're excited to have y'all. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate Thank you. Y'all. Have a blessed one. Absolutely. Y'all Take care, too. Bills. Well, guys, we hope you uh, we hope you all enjoyed that. Um, that that was a, a fun time for for Artie and myself, and and I think that all the all the new signees and 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 commits had all enjoyed that too. Artie, what what do you think? Yeah, I man, that was a lot of fun. Honestly, I mean, that was that was a whole bunch of fun talking to the incoming uh, freshmen and the high school guys coming in and kind of hearing their excitement about joining Pirate Nation and hearing the transfers. Uh, transfer over from their old schools and talk about, uh, you know, them coming in and what they can add to Pirate Nation, especially Sean Drake, you know, playing with his his little brother and, and, and CJ. That's that's going to be really cool. Uh, so it was just an exciting time and uh, had had a lot of fun with all those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, thank you again to Brock Spalding, Sam Donka, Marlon Gunn Jr., Parker Moore, Sean Mims and David Chapeau. Those guys, uh, class acts um, coming on the Boneyard podcast. Uh, and we, that was all put together today. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, oh, yeah. After they signed, we were reaching out to them. So another reason why we are the premier podcast of East Carolina University, because other podcasts just aren't doing it like we're doing it. That That's for damn sure, Artie. Well, Artie, it's exciting to be a, to be a pirate every day. Yes. But even more so right now. I mean, getting the new kids in. We're going bowling. Baseball season's right around the corner. The basketball team is eight and two right yes, now. Sir. Like it's exciting times at ECU, right? I agree hundred percent. So one thing that I took away from the ESPN plus signing day special was when they had coach Houston on, he mentioned a big initiative coming early 2022 that he couldn't give much detail about Mm -hmm. is he talking about a indoor practice facility god i hope so god i hope so you don't you don't know not not just recruiting but just psyche and you know field swag that we kind of talked about in our interviews earlier and just the whole overall you know mentality of having an indoor practice facility if you have an indoor practice facility you like you have arrived you're there like you, you are legit. Like For you're sure. not just you're not just some community college. You're not just some JUCO. You're not some FCS. Like you have arrived. Like you, you are legit. So God, I, I, I really hope that that's what he was talking about. What he was kind of referring to, uh, because it is long overdue for East Carolina to have an indoor practice facility. That's that's for sure. Yeah, that that's one of the things that I was like, huh? Is that what he's talking about? He's talking about a major initiative. In in early twenty two, it's going to be announced at the beginning of the year. I gotta think that's what it is. Yeah, because yeah. they were and, talking about facilities, and it's it's about time the booster stepped up and, and went ahead and did it. You know, if if we're you know, there's never a better time than now. You know, you, you can't you, you you can only plan for the future so much. You know, there's never a better time than right now, and go ahead and get it done. Yeah, I mean, you talk about boosters, and this isn't on the show notes, but I, I saw. Like SMU, what they're doing, and boosters are basically putting together an NIL for for athletes coming to play at SMU. 
Yeah. That that's what that's what having big donors can do. So Vince McMahon, I'm looking at you. Sandra I was Bullock. just about to say that. <laughs> it's time to pony up. Well, look, I, I, I'll say this. I don't know about Sandra Bullock. I, I don't know. If she, I, has she ever even been back to East Carolina? She, she hates ECU. Yeah, she I, hates I, I don't. I don't. I don't. And think rightfully Sandra, so. They did her dirty. Yeah, I, I don't think Sandra Bullock claims ECU. So at this point, I don't think ECU can claim Sandra Bullock. But Vince McMahon, you have a plaque. You graduated. You have all this, that, and the third. Like. Vince better start giving some pony up some money back to his alma mater. Hey, what? How how do we not have a wrestling team? It's club wrestling. We got club wrestling. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Like the Vince McMahon weight room. I mean, that means we're jacked. We're talking about a guy. We're talking about a guy that is a billionaire. All right, and the fact that he hasn't done more. Oh, he just made another billion. I, I, I like. I, I'm. I'm very curious to know why Vince hasn't come back to the area and given more. Because he's he's got all these charities. They do all these nice things, but when it comes to his alma mater, the school he graduated from, the area that he's kind of you know close to home to, ha- he really hasn't come back and done anything. So I'm, I'm very curious to know to know about that. We're gonna get Vince McMahon. I'm. I'm gonna say it right now. Some way somehow we're gonna get Vince on the Boneyard Podcast. We're gonna ask him these serious questions. Lofty expectations, and I love it, Artie, because we are the <laughs> premier podcast. We are. We're hey, nobody's getting guests like we do. They may talk to some random uh D3 coach on other podcasts, but but we're we're gonna talk to the real people like Stanford Steve. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's just effort, man. That's all it is. It's effort, it's dedication to the craft, and it's more importantly giving the people what they want to hear. Yeah, I mean it, it's time, guys. We all need to. We all need to say, all right, let's come to the table. Let's uh, if you let, let's put money in the offering plate to ECU, and and let them do because John Gilbert has this thing going in the right direction, and I, I, I love to see it. it. Oh yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've ever been a fan of ECU and liked all three of our our revenue generating sports uh coaches. The, I mean really Cliff Godwin shout out to them. Um, they crashed the they crashed the ticket site for season tickets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean look, and even when we were going to school and, I, and like I know you were the head of Minji's Maniac so you went to a million Damn right. basketball games. Damn right. And Free throws went ball games. Me, I'm I am a bigger basketball fan than Jared Shaffin. I know the game of basketball and I probably went to 10 basketball games in my entire career. And I had to beg him to go to those. Yeah, and 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 they were only marquee matchups. That's kind of how bad we were in basketball because I just wasn't interested. I'd just rather go somewhere else. Um so baseball which has always been there, always been a staple. We know what that's going to be. Basketball finally get, getting some relevancy and football getting back to what we are accustomed to, which is winning seasons, bowl games, getting fans in seats. This is a fun time to be at East Carolina, to be a fan of East Carolina. We said this last year, and I remember, I don't remember what show, but I do remember we said get on the bandwagon now because things are going to turn and they're going to turn quickly. And we don't want to see you come around when we're winning. You should have been there when we were in a dumpster and how we rose up from that. So 
it's it's just an exciting time. Yeah, I mean, you look at Oklahoma. We lost to them by five and damn near beat them. And then they and, just and beat they Arkansas. Beat. Yeah, they beat Arkansas. Ranked. Nationally and, ranked Arkansas. And they beat them by 20, 22. Yeah. And you look at the Oklahoma game, you go back and say, that that's a game we probably should have won. I mean, Joe Dooley said it himself. Like, you, we don't take any moral victories from this loss. We should have won this game. So, very, very excited. Yeah, I mean, we should have beat Dayton. Or Davidson, not Dayton. Shout out. Shout out Steph Curry. Steph Curry, congratulations. Yes, sir. But we should have beat we should have beat them and we should have beat Oklahoma. We we could we could very well be 10 and 0 right now. We could very well be 10 and 0. 10 and 0 in basketball. And we got I, another I, I know for a fact East Carolina has never started 10 and 0 <laughs> in basketball. I don't I don't remember a time we started 8 and 2. When's the last time East Carolina started 8 and 2? Already, I don't know. <laughs> I mean that that's a trivia question right there. I mean, we started off five and zero last year. Yeah, but eight and two, that's pretty got, damn good. We might have started eight and two last year. I'd have to go back and look. But uh, yeah, guys, now is the time. Join the join the pirate club. Put your money where your mouth is. I'm sure the people listening to this podcast they're they're already members. Maybe it's time to say okay, yeah, let's uh, let's up my donation. We're we the fans, we're not, we're not we're not Alabama, we're not the Georgia, we're not the Clemson, we're not the right. we're not the, we're not the school that has the the money in athletics like like some of these bigger schools do and some of the private schools do. But now we've got a we've got a good opportunity here. Now's the time to really say, okay, you can't say I'm going to wait till they're winning again. They're winning. They're all winning. Now's the time. Put your money where your mouth is, and let's could do not, it. Could not agree more. So, Artie, let's uh, let, let's send it over to our uh, marquee guest. How about that, Stanford Steve? Stanford Steve, do not miss tonight's episode of SVP. It's coming on late, but the same guy that we're interviewing tonight will be on that episode on ESPN tonight. And tomorrow very, night. Very excited. And tomorrow night and the next night and the night after that. So extremely, extremely, extremely excited for this uh this interview. Cannot wait. Yeah, I, I mean he he I, I, I tweeted it from my personal account. This is he he outside of Scott Van Pelt, he he's my favorite ESPN personality. He's he's a cool dude. I mean, he's he's one of the guys that you can imagine going out and getting a beer with, getting a couple of drinks with, and just talking sports. And he's at the end of the day. He's just got that uh he's just got that like grown man swagger. Yeah, he does. You know, he, he's just he's just one of those guys you just want to talk sports with. And and that's why I'm so excited to have him on. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm really excited about that. So uh here he is, Stanford Steve, our our interview with him. I uh, hope you enjoy. This week on the Boneyard podcast, everybody, we are pleased to be joined by none other than ESPN personality, Stanford Steve. Steve, how's it going, my man? Great. Awesome time of year. We got bowl games around the corner, NFL playoffs heating up, NBA, NHL, whatever you got. If you can't find something now, you got problems. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Steve, I, I want to you, – you mentioned it. it. It's the best time of year. What is uh, – what, what's the one thing – so you got all sports on. If you could only pick one sport right now to watch – what what are you watching? If you if you only have one channel, college football. 
Uh, yeah. It's it's a little dicey right now without information about who's playing in these games and stuff. You know, we got the lead up. Bowl season's fantastic. Um, I still think there's a nostalgia about it. Um, it's from it's what I played for in college to go to bowl games. Uh, I understand they're they're not important to some people, but um, to be able to go on the road and travel with your buddies, um, those are some of the best times I've ever had in college was going to bowl games. So I'm fired up to see um, these people uh, get get on the road and, and enjoy it. Um, it's, it's, it's a great thing, and it's a ton of fun, and it, um, it, everything about it is good to me. So uh, that, that's why I choose that. Now, now, Steve, you know, talking about college football, the playoff is right around the corner. Bowl games start this weekend. We finally have some some mixed bag of parity in the playoff this season. What are your feelings and thoughts towards the playoff, and, and how do you see that playing out this season? Well, I thought I was going to come on and be able to ask you guys because you guys are the American Conference experts, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we can get to that. Um, I think it's great. Listen, um, a lot of Big Ten people, a lot of Big 12, a lot of – everybody outside the SEC, right, always thinks that the SEC gets the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not from that idea. I do have my ways about thinking how the playoffs should have gone, uh, you know, as far as the rankings, but we got there, uh, whether it was who was ranked in the first week of the rankings or whatever. Um, we got there. And here's what I'll tell people is Big Ten people, if you think the, the SEC gets benefit of the doubt all the time, you got your number one team against their number two team. Beat them. Mm-hmm. Beat them. Um, you know, the little guy, Cincinnati, American Conference, we waited, we wanted all year. Some people said it was rigged, um, that they couldn't get in there. They're here. Um, prove you belong. You're playing the best. Prove you belong. And I think we're going to learn a lot uh, about this because everybody always has this mentality that everybody's against them. And I, I don't, it's, that's not it. Like, you proved your worth over the course of a season. Cincinnati, for example. They did what they needed to do. The chips fell where they had, where they had to fall, and they have their chance. Now it's about going out and making the most opportunity. So for the Big Ten with Michigan and, and, and the American with Cincinnati and all the people that they're representing from all the small schools, like this is the opportunity that you wanted and, and, and asked for and thought you deserved. You're here. Do yeah. it now. Now, yeah, I, I'd like to get your take on, on the college football playoff with when, when, in regards to expansion, uh, there, there's a lot of talk that hey, this is coming. Uh, now that now that Cincinnati has gotten in and shown that they can break the iron curtain and and get in, uh, what what are what are your thoughts on on expanding the playoff now to to allow for for more opportunities for other teams? Uh, well, a couple things. I, I I'm not a fan of it. I don't think we need it. Um, I mean, it, it was, it took all this time just to get four teams that were qualified. Um, but you know, it's going to happen because it's more money for everybody. And when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, it's about the dollar sign, you know? So, um, I thought it was important for Cincinnati to get to this stage. Um, I think a lot of people are going to think they deserve, uh, an opportunity, but I don't, I don't believe from that thought Cincinnati earned this opportunity. You know, they were deserving of this spot. And they went out and did it because they ran the table. They won the games they were supposed to. They they took everybody's best shot in their conference that they've gotten for the last couple of years, and they answered it. And to the other guys, you know, 
the SEC is different. Um, look at look at the recruiting rankings that came out today. People want to talk about, well, they get the best players. There's a reason they get the best players because they have the coaches that are the best recruiters, mm-hmm. and you want to go play there, and that's your quickest path to the league. So um, it has everything I want in it. I, I, I asked at the beginning of the season, can we – I, there were teams with opportunity. I was thinking about Oklahoma, you know, where they had lined up or, or the Big 12 or even Oregon and the Pac-12. Like, they had an opportunity to get there knowing that Georgia and Clemson are going to play week one and probably make the road tougher for whoever lost that game. Um, Notre Dame was going to have some tough games early on and it was going to have to, you know, win their way back and be fortunate, and they almost got there. Um, but there was a path, and that's what I, I, I worried about. Um, in years previous, you know, last year with Ohio State playing six games, everybody, you know, had their own thing. Last year is last year. I, I don't I don't put any uh, substance into what happened last year. We need to get a playoff and we got a playoff. But for these two teams, uh, Cincinnati and Michigan, to get there and see that the, it is possible to get there, uh, Michigan, even with a loss, um, it, I, I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's perfect. Uh, it's for I think. You know, we got to redo the whole bowl system if we're going to expand. Uh, and if we do expand, I like the format where the top seeds get a game on campus. I think that's really important yeah. um, because I'm about earning your spot and earning your, earning your, you know, your way. And um, I think those two, if we do expand, that's what's going to be coveted is those home games. Now, Steve, you know, talking about Cincinnati a little bit more in depth, because Jared and I, we, we both believe that Cincinnati deserves to be there. They've earned their spot. They went to Notre Dame. They beat an excellent Notre Dame team in their home building. They ran the table. They won their conference. So, you know, and we're American homers. So, you know, we absolutely believe that Cincinnati yeah. should be there. But if they are able to run the table, if, if they beat Alabama, that's a national championship win in itself. Mm-hmm. But let's say they go on and win the entire thing. What do you think that that does for the group of five and those teams going forward if Cincinnati's able to run a table? Oh, I think, you know, you're going to have a lot more people want opportunities. Um, but it's tough to do with the four spots, you know. Um, it would be a one-off, uh, you know, as far as what are we, seven, six years into the playoff, it would be that one-off where a team did earn it. Um, people have their say about UCF a couple years ago, um, but it didn't happen. Um, and then they want to claim that that Peach Bowl was the Super Bowl, but uh, it was pretty convenient how that happened. <laughs> um, but I, I, it would be astronomical uh, for the sport, I think. And you would have a lot of people that, you know, uh, thought they belonged and, and had deserved a better shot at things, you know, stomping on the, on the table saying, hey, here we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is it going to happen? We'll see. Uh, right. But – like I said, it always comes back to the opportunity, and that's where I think the first thing is, is now we have that door kicked in. They had the door right there. They kicked it in, and they're here. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I think you're going to see a lot of talks heat up if Cincinnati were able to run the table uh, and have a group of five team win it all. Gotcha. Now, Steve, the NIL has, has changed a lot of things in college sports. Uh, we, we saw it today. I mean – looking at Travis Hunter saying, hey, I'm going to Jackson State, mm-hmm. going to play for Coach Prime. There's some talk that there may have been uh, some NIL stuff going on with that. What do you think about about the NIL and, and how that's uh, playing a role in, in recruiting and, and in, in college football or college sports as a whole? Uh, it's, it's hard. I still think it's too early to have a um, 
um, a real firm feeling uh, towards it. Uh, I'm not against anybody trying to get theirs. Um, I just wonder about these companies, uh, you know, your memorabilia company that sponsored or, you know, paid spent Spencer Rattler at the beginning of the year, thousands of dollars and he gets benched. Like, is that good for your company? I, I, I don't think that is what they had in mind. Uh, signing the Heisman trophy runner and uh, front runner before the year and, and him um, getting benched halfway through the season. So I think what we need uh, to look at is the responsibility and the accountability of the players, because if you're going to start getting checks, um, you know, uh, everybody knows what it's, you know, what, what it, when it when that check starts coming from your job, how important that is, and what you have to do to maintain getting that check. Uh, it's part of growing up, you know. And I think um, you look at a kid like Ewers who went to Ohio State for a check, and then I think he beat the system and came back to Texas, and he's probably going to get plenty more checks. Um, but I think it. I think the players need to more be held more accountable now. And and as far as uh, you know, showing up every day and, and, and putting your name on the line and, and represent like, hey, you know, people are paying you uh, to do your job. And that, that's a whole different world than what I grew up uh, playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it as my, uh, my scholarship as as being paid and, and, and making the most of that opportunity. So it's a it's a whole different dynamic that we haven't seen. Um, I think the players are going to need to be more mature. Uh, than they realize right now. And I think we're finding that out. Um, you know, I, I've seen some awesome things done around the holiday season with guys with what they've done with their NIL money. And then we haven't heard everything of what's going on with guys with their money. So I think it's over time we're going to we're going to learn and these companies are going to learn, is it worth the investment that we're paying? Um, and and I, I mean, we don't have it. I mean, there's I don't think it's out there. Like you can't look up who's paying who, right? Like it's kind of um, uh, an idea. And, and then you saw at Jackson state, you know, the opportunity that they, they brought, uh, mm-hmm. to Hunter is, you know, it's, it's unprecedented. So I, I think it's too early to have a feeling on it. Um, but I think the accountability and responsibility of the players is going to be magnified a lot now with, uh, checks, uh, checks getting cashed. Now kind of going from the NIL now to the transfer portal, which mm-hmm. has been used maybe more so this season, maybe than any other season in years past. Do you mm-hmm. feel the transfer portal is a detriment to college football or the opposite? Um, hmm. How do I say? Uh, I don't No, It's not detriment. I mean, listen, I, again, I'm not against anybody trying to go get theirs. Mm-hmm. The problem I have is the lack of willing to want to compete. Um, because, these guys that are going to go out and, and put their name in the portal, you know, if it doesn't work out, what, I mean, you got to have, I mean, and then it goes back to these so-called guarantees. Like if a team is guaranteeing me something, like I need something in writing right. and it feels to me, it's a quarter, uh, a trickle down effect from the quarterback position. And I see all the elite 11 guys out there. We have some in the portal. Oh, in fact, we have multiple guys in the portal. So, to me, it's about the 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 idea of not wanting to compete for something, whereas you want it handed to you, and that's just not the way sports goes. To me, at quarterback, you're one snap away, man. Yeah, one snap away, 
And um, I, I think it's going to start to have an effect on the next level uh, where guys are going to, you know, cop out and, and, and transfer if, if things don't work out. And I think the guys at the next level are going to have that and hold that um, pretty high in, in regards to having an idea or having a grade or having, you know, um, feelings towards a, a draft prospect. So um, it's, it's, I think somebody said this past year in August, we had a thousand guys and we're already over a thousand now. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, I mean, there's only a certain amount of scholarships too. That's not changing. <laughs> so you got to be real careful. Um, you can't just say I'm going to the portal. If you're not happy with your current situation, there's nothing wrong with facing some adversity and fighting through that. Uh, we see how many guys go up and down the depth charts week to week now uh, as far as injuries go or academic um, deals and, and, and suspensions. So uh, I'm a guy that, you know, I, it's not the worst thing to fight through some adversity. Gotcha. Now, Steve, I, I'd like to know, so you, you, you played at Stanford. Mm-hmm. If you had given or if you, if you had played during this era – like what what do you think would have been the the one difference to you um playing and maybe trying to get NIL or or anything like that what what would you say would be the one piece of advice that you would give knowing okay I came from my my era and then now what would you say like if you if you were playing now to what would you say to somebody well, I think now it's all about the road to the league, right? And like I talked about earlier, like bowl games. I, I, I just, every, I mean, when you go start going on recruiting trips, you know, now that the deadline's obviously moved up, but you know, during my visits, you know, teams were getting ready for bowls and guys were super fired up. Whether it was the gear they were getting or extra per diem they were getting, and where they were going uh, for their bowl game. And in my situation, I wanted the best education possible, and I wanted, I wanted to play big time uh, Power Five football. So Stanford gave me that opportunity and I, and I took it and I ran with it. Um, so nowadays I think guys are looking to play as a true freshman and not have to red shirt and find that quick path to the league. I'm not sure, uh, but everybody's different. You know, um, you know, I look at the trans, you know, we talked about the transfer portal, Stanford's uh, school. They can, really can't take any transfers mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, the academic requirements and all that goes into it. So it's it's unbalanced in that way, but you know, look at Clemson. Clemson's, you know, I think Dabo said again today, they're not uh, interested in the transfer portal and the way he's lost recruits now with the coaching changes. Like they're a really interesting um, squad there to see what happens uh, as far as their roster and success they're going to have. Uh, knowing the coaches they let they lost the 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 commits they lost. Um, so I, I, like I said, it's, it's constantly evolving. Um, but I think the most important thing for these kids is to have a plan, man. Like that, that's, I'm not sure I knew what I wanted to do. Uh, but I was trying to go get the best education possible and play the best football possible, uh, when it was my time and everybody has their own, their own likes and interests. So I think you got to hold that really high in your assessment when you're choosing to go to these schools. Gotcha. Now, Steve, you know, talking about your current situation, you know, your your podcast that you have doing the show with SVP, mm-hmm. how did that friendship come about? And what is the, the dynamic like between you and Scott Van Pelt? Because watching it on TV is magic. So what tell us about that dynamic. Well, um, I started out as an entry-level uh, position in 2004 in ESPN Radio. 
uh, worked my way up through the tape room and cutting highlights. And, you know, then you find your way out to a show. I worked with Mike and Mike a little bit, uh, Colin Coward. And then uh, Ryan Rossillo came along. And Ryan Rossillo uh, became the host of College Game Day on ESPN Radio. And I produced that show. And then Ryan took another uh, assignment to co-host with Van Pelt on the radio show. And just going in through their meetings on a weekly basis, or I should say daily basis, um, <laughs> and just giving, you know, Ryan, what, hey, we're traveling here this week. What do you think about guests? And and from there, we we uh, I struck up a, a friendship and relationship with Scott. And the one thing I'll always say about us three when we got together was we were we're game watchers. You know, mm-hmm. we we watch the games. We're not you know watching clips and and on on social media and making assessments there we're we're up till two in the morning watching everything um and and having our own idea a big thing for us was not to listen uh to what other shows were doing and when we came in at one eastern or i should say you know when we had our meeting in in the late morning um you know that was the first thing what do you guys what do you guys want to start with what's our open um and we went about we didn't worry what other people were talking about and i think that um People had their own opinions about that, but they're as genuine as there is. And I think that that came through when we did the radio show and, you know, uh, the opportunity for Scott to take over his own sports center came and he wanted me to come with him. So um, it was a decision for me. Uh, it ended up me moving myself and my family down to D.C. about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. when he wanted to do that here. Um, so it was um, it was something that he said we were going to do. Uh, and, and we've done it and I owe, I owe him everything. Uh, it's, it's, it's been his decision to go, uh, you know, take this sports center show, um, segments, bad beats, whatever it is, it was all him. And, um, I was just trying to help out along the road and, uh, and here we are, you know, we're six, I think we're going to start our seventh year, uh, this summer. Uh, with Sports Center with Scott, so it's uh, it's been a hell of a ride. I have, I don't have any regrets. It's been all it's cracked up to be. Um, people say, you know, you look like you have fun. I have the most fun of anybody possible. Um, I wouldn't trade it in for anything, and I appreciate everybody that's helped me along the way. And there's been plenty of people, whether it's radio, whether it's TV. When I first came over to TV, um, so it's it's been an awesome ride. But those two guys, Ryan and Scott, and then Scott. Uh, taking me with them, um, I I owe it all to him. That's awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, one of my favorite segments in all of television is Bad Beats, and absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you you probably remember there there was a game last year. ECU made Bad Beats. Do you remember that game? ECU Tulsa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a horrible. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was the worst officiated game I've seen. Yeah. That. We, we talk about that. We, yeah, you, don't, you don't have to tell us about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for bringing up bad scars. Oh, but no, that it's, it's my favorite segment. And I've always wondered, okay, so how, how do you come up with, okay, th- these are going to be our, our bad beats of, of the night. Like, I mean, of course there is, there's the betting aspect of it, mm-hmm. but um, is, is that something that y'all are looking at ahead of, ahead of time looking at, oh, this might be a bad beat or, or how, how's that work? Well, it's, I mean, it's a weekly, daily thing. Um, you know, last night uh, I was going back with our producers back in Bristol just about uh, – I'm trying to think of the game it was. It was a college basketball game. And I said, hey, we got to take a look at this. Mark this one for next Monday. And it's just a daily thing. We have a text thread. We have an email thread with everybody on the show. Obviously, on social media, everybody's chimed in 
with something that they have, uh, which has been an awesome asset. Um, we tried doing bad beats on the radio, but you just need that visual aspect. You know, I mean, that's what that's what resonates is because when you're watching it and you're on the wrong side, you know that feeling. And oh, then yeah. watch it again, <laughs> you know that feeling. And that's what resonates with people. And the people that don't gamble even can't believe uh, some of these outcomes. So it is a daily thing where we're, you know, we have a grid and we're entering things in there. And then it's on the guys in the tape room to get the, um, to get the video, uh, hash out the video, usually on Sundays and Mondays. And then we, you know, pick them from there. But it is a, uh, it's a long detailed process. We've had a lot of people come and go who have produced that segment. Um, and they've done a great job through the years of, of having what we need. Because like I said, the visual aspect is the most important. Uh, we're just there for, you know, for, for a little icing on the cake. Uh, but the cake yeah. is what the people want. And that, that's the, that's the visual aspect and seeing the replays, uh, of those beats. So it's, it's a, it's a group process. Um, it's really detailed. There's, there's some, um, words t- said to each other where people disagree and, I don't want to say arguments, but there's disagreements. Um, and it's all about what comes down to making the best video aspect for the TV segment. And that's where it comes and goes every week. And that's what we try and offer every week uh, for the people that are watching. You know, kind of going off of Bad Beats a little bit, what is the funniest thing or best thing that has happened at your time at ESPN? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I've lost I've lost it plenty of times on the set. Um <laughs> I still think that Virginia uh, Abilene Christian one last year, where Virginia got the plays mixed up in the in their own end zone, and they called a double pass from their own one yard line, uh, and was tackled for a safety, yeah, and then a celebration penalty on the extra point, and like it, it just it had everything, and they cover like a 30, 40 point spread on a pick six to end the game, like it, it like you talk about seeing everything and watching the clock, and like how the hell is this going to happen? And sure enough, it's a tip ball pick six for 80 yards like that. That one still is is absolutely amazing to me. And uh, it's one that when I'm traveling or whatever, everybody seems to bring up. So uh, I'm glad it made the montage. It's montage worthy. Um, so uh, I would go Abilene Christian in, in Virginia with just the the idea. It feels like that's everybody's uh, favorite as far as the video and what Scott and I were yelling and, and saying. <laughs> um, so that that that's the one that sticks out to me. Absolutely a good one. Yeah, now that 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 was also another thing that I've always wondered. Like, I mean, you have these bad beats, but sometimes, I mean, to have a bad beat, it's like, okay, is is there a personal connection to that? And that personal connection is was there actual money on on that? And I'm not saying all all games, but what 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 are what are like what are you doing as far as as gambling wise, um, personally, like? Are you are you ever putting out your picks or anything like that? Yeah, I do a podcast with Chris Felica every week uh, on ESPN. Stan Steve and the Bear. Uh, we give out college picks every week. Um, Scott does winners every week. Uh, Chris and I write a column every week for ESPN.com as far as picks. So um, yeah, we're we give out plenty of picks. Some of those picks have shown up uh, on the good side and the bad side of bad beats. Uh, we did an illustration this year at Clemson, Florida State. Uh, where I've coined the phrase pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, where everybody knows the play, where everybody just starts <laughs> lateraling it, and it ends up being cataclysmic to a team that's already losing. And if they're not getting enough points, the ball usually ends up in their own end zone, and it's whether it's going to be a safety or a touchdown. 
So it's uh, it's been a huge dynamic to the sport that has been featured in Bad Beats a lot. Um, so it's it's trying to be on the right side. Uh, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? Um, so that that that's the main part about Bad Beats. And and yeah, I guess the authenticity of it is if you were on the wrong side, it's going to come out when we're doing it on Bad Beats if Scott or I has the wrong side. <laughs> now you know we we know that you know the, the nightly sports center is kind of you know it's about svp or it's, it's revolved around svp but what's a little known fact about stanford steve that you don't mind sharing with the people oh um hmm. I, hate mustard. Put you on the spot here. I, I hate mustard okay wow okay i love mustard hey what, what do you do what do you hate about mustard? The smell, the color, the looking look, the is it, is texture it, is, of it. Like is, it looks like it, it's. Ugh. Is it just yellow mustard or is all mustard? All, all just the wow. smell of mustard just is just wow. grotesque to me. Can't <laughs> now, so so what do you eat on a hot dog? What what goes on a hot dog? Sauerkraut's my number one. Okay. Okay. Sauerkraut's right. number one, and if they don't have sauerkraut, I could go with ketchup. Okay. So just sauerkraut or ketchup? Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you I, want I, to throw some cheese on that bad boy, there's nothing wrong with a cheese dog. Maybe we, a little we, bacon. But we, if you're we, talking we, condiments, I'm going sauerkraut a one. So, we, so you you would hate a Chicago dog then? I yeah. I, I I couldn't believe it when I went there. I was like, oh, oh man, wow. I just ate it plain. Um, because I was like, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. I mean, that's yeah. You turn around and the fix and say it's just what was it? Mustard, relish, and, relish, tomato, uh, and a, and a, and a yeah. pickled, uh, pickled pepper. If I wanted a salad, I'd order a salad already. Hey, look, man, it's it's where <laughs> I'm from. I love the hot dogs up there, but I digress. Now we now Steve, before we before you joined us, we were we were talking in the wings about barbecue. Do, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite barbecue? Ooh. Uh, actually, Scott and I were talking about this last night because uh, we were watching Memphis and Alabama in hoops, and I had never, I'd never been the rendezvous uh, in Memphis. And Scott was just talking about how the rub is their specialty, and I'm not, I'm not a barbecue expert um, at all. Uh, but I like a saw like ribs. I like them saucy. Um, I will, I will eat if you're your special. As long as it's not a mustard uh, sauce, I'm, I'm, I'm good in there. Um, I've smelled some of them. I'm like, I just, I just can't do it. Uh, but I mean, Archibald's down in, in Alabama, uh, I think is, is better and more authentic than say a dreamland. Uh, I think dreamland's got a little more, a little too commercial. Uh, little Dewey's is one of my favorites down in Starkville. Um, North Carolina obviously has some awesome, uh, barbecue Kansas mm-hmm. city, uh, has really good barbecue. So I think it's more, I mean, everybody now, it seems like they're making their own flavor uh, barbecue sauce, you know? So, like, I, I could see myself getting into that maybe down the road and, and picking out because I like spicy, um, you know, and, and, that, and, that, and there's nothing better than, like, a hot barbecue to me. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're ever in uh, the Piedmont Triad region of North Carolina, you hit me up. Okay. I'll take you, I'll take you to my spot. I, I'm for, see, I'm from Lexington, North Carolina. Lexington style barbecue. Okay, I'll, I'll 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 hook you up. I'll get bring bring SVP down. We'll we'll go <laughs> we'll go get some good food. All right, I like the sound of that. I almost I almost went to North Carolina Chapel Hill though. Oh man! Uh, if, I oh, go to wow. St- 
Yeah. If I didn't go to Stanford, I was going to go there. My, my wife went there. I don't hold it against her. Okay. <laughs> now, get, getting back to college football real quick. Yeah. If you, had to, if you had to pick your national champion out of the four, who would it be? I I mean, now that they've done it, I, I feel like it's Alabama. I just gotcha. – I look at that strain they put on your secondary, and, I mean, you guys know it. Cincinnati has NFL talent in their secondary, but they haven't seen anything like this for 60 minutes. I mean, right. people forget – Georgia's up 10-0, and the, and the Dome is going crazy. Um, you know, where they you know they shut down Alabama the first couple series, and then sure enough, here comes Jameson Williams, and boom, it's 10-7, and then it's 14-7, and then it's – that. I mean, it, it's done. Like, they, they yeah. figured out the, the coverages. Uh, the speed is something um, that I don't – and I'm worried about Cincinnati. Um, face it, because they're not going to be able to simulate it in, in, in the games. I'm like – I've heard teams like try and start the receivers five yards ahead, um, you know, in practice to try and simulate that stuff. If you're trying to, you know, get acquaintance to the, to the speed. Uh, but my, I, I think Cincinnati is going to hang around. My issue is how do they block them? Uh, Cause I think Will Anderson's the best player in college football and Cincinnati hasn't seen anything, anything like him uh, as far as a defender, that's going to wreck the line of scrimmage every single time. So I think it's a huge spot for Desmond Ritter to be able to move the chains and and with his feet when things aren't there in the secondary. Uh, I think they could run the ball on him. I just don't know how consistent they're going to be able to do. I don't think they're going to be able to run it whenever they want. So to me, it's about those third downs and avoid going three and out um, and giving Alabama that ball back. Because Bryce Young, I mean, I thought he had the, the goods to do it and boy, did has he shown out the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. you go back to the iron ball, he's on his own two yard line. And if they don't win that game, they're not, they're not playing in the playoff. Um, so it's, uh, there's a, there's a lot to, to take in, but I going with what I, I mean, and then you got the saving factor and just the idea of, of prepping those guys and, and defenses come around. I mean, they don't have the, the war dogs that they've had in years previous, but they got Anderson. They got some talent in the back end. It's just a matter of, can you make play? I, I, I think it really comes down to third downs and I like Ritter. I picked Ritter to win the Heisman before the year, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't, he didn't get there, obviously, but they still undefeated. He's as good as there is, uh, and I think it helps them a lot that they faced Georgia last year to get the idea of an SEC defense. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the problem is, is I think they're going to have to score a lot. I don't think it's going to be as low scoring as the as the Peach Bowl was last year. Uh, so that that's what I worry about with Cincinnati. But I think they're going to hang around for sure. That uh, that Michigan Georgia game. How do you feel about that one? I think um, it's hard. It's really really hard to forget what you just saw, right? And we saw as Georgia look as bad as they have in year in over a year. Um, but I think Michigan plays more style to what Georgia's better at defending. Um, now, Michigan's not a big zone run team. Uh, they, they try and, you know, use a gap scheme to run the football. Uh, and that worries me because that means you've got to, get movement at the point of attack. And Georgia's still got some big boys in there um, that are going to just cause a lot of problems, whether it's getting in the backfield off the snap or just not being able to move them uh, with down blocks or they're just too quick. So I think McNamara, the quarterback from Michigan, has to play really, really well. Um, And the problem is, is you have to – Michigan's been great throwing the ball off a play action, Mm -hmm. but you have to – the other team has to respect your run game for you to be good and play action. 
and get right. those guys up into the box. So I think the work's cut out for them. But I right now, I mean, if it's still seven and a half and thirteen and a half in both games, I think the favorites are going to win the game. But I, I would lean towards taking the underdogs with the points. Gotcha. Now, we are an ECU podcast. I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. ECU's turned it around this year. What What do you yeah. know about about East Carolina University and and, and the, their football program right now? Well, you know, obviously Holton Aylers had a lot of had a lot of um, you know press and expectations surrounding him when he came there. You know, the local local guy and. Uh, could have went other places and he chose ECU. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, coach had changed. The things weren't established. Um, you know, they didn't have the most talent up front. And I think it, it was a work in progress for Coach Houston. And I think they've they found what they're good at. Um, you know, I go back to how close they were in that South Carolina game this year. Like that, that that's a game that I really stuck out to say, you know what, it's one play. You know, one turnover that gets returned for a touchdown. If that doesn't happen, they win that game. So I go back to, you know, years previous where they gave Cincinnati all they could handle, building big leads, and they just couldn't hold it. Um, but before you take that next step as a program, you got to get a taste of it. And they knew they, they could hang around with the big boys in the conference. And it was just about going out and winning those games. And this year, they won the games that they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And as you're an up-and-coming team in a, in a conference like that where you're going to get a lot of eyes on you because you have a top dog that made the playoff like Cincinnati – it's just about getting better and taking the steps. And that's why I love the hire when they made it. Um, he had plenty of success at JMU when he was there. And, uh, I, I mean, it, I don't even think it's a question of how much better the program is, uh, as, you know, right now as it was to where he got it. So I'm pumped up. They got a tough matchup against BC. Um, oh, yeah. You going to be there? Uh, it, it, I'm not sure. I'm trying to, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to get it's, it's, um Is it a Monday? It's Tuesday? a Monday afternoon. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's a Monday. Yep. Um, I got Monday check. after Christmas. I might be traveling uh, out that day for work, um, but I'm definitely trying to get over there. Uh, it's all. It'll be great setup. Uh, I mean, the ending of that Navy ECU game was nuts. We nuts. were there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, hey, they got familiar grounds. They know where the wind blows, right at that stadium. So <laughs> I give them a little bit of a home field advantage. Uh, but but I'll say this all the time especially for ECU that's going to their first bowl in a while. Like you play all year to get to this point. And I just hope they play well like that. that you can't ask for anything more. Like when you get on that stage and you just want to play well. And um, it's, it's really important. I think for, for the going forward uh, for the program and those guys that are going to be back. Um, it's a building block for next year. And it, like I said, a, a lot of people, you win your bowl game. It's amazing. The momentum it creates as far as your fan base, um, and just the, the hype around it going ahead to the following year. So I think it's a huge game uh, for them. They get to play an ACC team. They don't get that opportunity a lot. So uh, I'm fired up for the opportunity the Pirates have. Awesome. Well, Artie, you got any, any other questions? That was all I had. Well, Stanford, Steve, I have one last question. Uh, what would you put the odds at that we can get a shout-out on SportsCenter with SVP? Because <laughs> Artie and I were talking about this. I think it starts with a win in the bowl game. All right. There it is. Right. Sounds good. All, All right. right. We'll, we'll hold you to that. Thank you. And hopefully you're not on the wrong end of a bad beat. Because that exactly. was a good shout out. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't put that juju in the air. All right. But, Steve, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. You got it. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Good luck with everything and uh, continued success. Thank you, Steve. Thank appreciate you. it.
once again, Artie, that was our interview with Stanford Steve. Oh my gosh. Wow. Awesome guy. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, the only thing that compares is the Mike Golick interview that, uh, that we had in my kitchen of my apartment last year during COVID, which was phenomenal. Uh, this is right up there with that one. So what would you put the odds at that, uh, we can actually get him to give us a shout out on Sports Center with SVP. On, on Sports Center, man, look, and that's why I kind of alluded to it before we got on there. I was like, don't miss the episode because you know it, it, there there might be a shout out. Man, I would I would I'd shit a brick. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'd shit a brick. Talk about premier podcast, the Pirate Nation. <laughs> I mean, no other podcast can say that. So. Definitely would be a highlight, the top three highlight of my life. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. So Artie, that was awesome. Um, do you have a walk the plank? You know, I I do have a walk the plank, and it's kind of a it's kind of an odd, weird walk the plank. But this is my walk the plank. We talked about Steph Curry earlier and him breaking the record for like you know two seconds, and I just want to say walk the damn plank to the three point record that Steph Curry currently owns, it took him almost half the time that Ray Allen took to get that record. Steph still has six six to seven good years of basketball left in him. That record is going to be so unattainable by the time he retires. I like, and, and I know the game is changing. There's going to be a lot more volume shooting when it comes to three-point shooting. And so guys might come Maybe close, but I, I just I feel like once Steph retires, that record is going to be so astronomical. That might be the one record in all of sports that really cannot be broken. And so that's why I'm going to sit here and say right now, the three point record walk the plank. I do not see it ever being duplicated because Steph Curry is not retiring anytime soon and he's not going to stop shooting anytime soon. I think he's going to be light years ahead of second place. And so, in my honest opinion, that's the one record in sports that will never be touched. How how, how many is he, how many does he have now? You know. Oh man, he's got two thousand something. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's like it's like two. It's over twenty seven hundred, I, I think. All right, so over under already. Steph ends his career with more than forty two hundred three pointers. Who? That's about fifteen hundred more to go. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the under, but it's gonna be close. You said forty two hundred. I almost said four thousand, but I, I want, think I, want... I think he gets like four thousand forty. Okay. I, I think I think that's where he's gonna end up. He's gonna be like four thousand forty. It's gonna be it's gonna be absurd. It's not gonna be catchable. It just won't be catchable. That's insane. Absolutely absurd. That's insane. All right, so my walk the plank. Man, Florida State. <laughs> mm, that was my second option. Florida State. What, what was the kid's name? Travis Hunter? Uh, I believe so. I believe, yes. Travis Hunter from Florida State to Jackson State. Y'all, did, y'all got done dirty. But I'm also very happy to see it. Wow. Like, <laughs> this man... Did you did you watch the video? 
I, I watched I, I watched parts of it. I didn't see the full video. I saw a little bit of it on Instagram. The and he, he took the Georgia hat. He did the Florida State thing. Threw the threw both hats aside. That's the part I saw. And then he opened up his jacket. Somebody tossed him a Jackson State hat. And boom. Shocked the world. Shocked the entire world. Look, I was I was telling you and Brandon in our in our in our group chat earlier. I love it. You know, I, I love the resurgence of the HBCUs. I love that this is the number two recruit in the nation. I mean, we're not talking about some, you know, ESPN two, 250 out of 300. We're talking about the number two recruit in the nation choosing Jackson State over Florida State. If that doesn't show you how the tides are shifting at least a little bit, then you're ignorant. I, that and, and then the power of Deion Sanders, too. I mean, Deion Sanders might be the best recruiter in all of football right now. Just because of his personality, his name, he's prom time. So well, there there are rumors that there was a um th- that he's already signed like an NIL deal for one point five million dollars. Yes. Um With from Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh Dave Portnoy. He 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 said no comment. Um, which leads me to believe that yes, it, it is in fact true. Deion Sanders is also an employee, I believe, at Barstool. He's mm-hmm. got a podcast at Barstool. He's got a documentary about him at Barstool. Um, it, it's one of the better documentaries. It, it, it's a lot like Last Chance U, but it's from the HBCU uh, standpoint. So go go check it out. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to watch it. I can tell you right now that's that's on the uh, that's that's in the queue. Definitely going to be watching that soon. For sure. Well, Artie, that's my walk the plank. I mean, I saw people so mad. People are coming after Dion now at Florida State. I mean, you know. I, which I don't understand. I mean, he's not what, the head coach of Florida State. Exactly. He, he's the head coach of Jackson State. What's he supposed to do? You know, I, I know they want him at Florida State to be the head coach, but he's not there yet. Well, now um, uh, somebody posted on the uh, on the boards at Florida State. Ban him from everything at Florida State. Guys, don't worry. In a couple of years when you fire Mike Norvell, because it, it's about damn time that you do, uh, well, I'm sure Coach Prime will, uh, will be waiting in the wings. Look, we say this all the time. Football is a business. Get out your damn feelings and understand what it is. Deion Sanders is one of the greatest things to ever walk through Tallahassee. If you have a problem with him coaching and recruiting the best athletes for the team that he currently coaches, then you're ignorant. And if you're going to ban him from Florida State, you know, events or activities or this, that, and the third, then you're not a real Florida State fan. Because like I said, Deion Sanders is one of the greatest things to ever walk through Tallahassee, period. <laughs> so that's just that's just dumb. Yeah, for sure. And then an honorable mention, the uh the Panthers, their their quarterback situation. Ooh. Uh Cam. Oh Cam. I think it's over. I I, I think it's over for Cam. I don't right think he can sunset. make a yeah, I, I, you know, at, at this point, twenty fifteen, I mean that's that's the greatest year of his career. Sadly, it kind of derailed from there. I was really, I mean, I'm, I'm a Cam Newton fan. 
been a Cam Newton fan since he won a Natty in Auburn. Um, but I just I, I think at this point, best case scenario is a backup. But I don't even know if he's good enough to be a backup anymore at this point. I, I think his body's taking too much of a toll, and I hate it because I was really rooting for Cam. Yeah, because Sam Darnold, he's uh, he's been designated to come off of IR this week. I don't know what they're going to do. They got three quarterbacks. None of them are good. P.J. Walker, not that great. Uh, and Sam Darnold, I, I think I think the cat's out of, you know, the cat's out on him. You know, it, it, he's not he's not that great. Sam Darnold is not that great of a professional quarterback. You know, the, the Jets that- situation, I get it was different because that's a dumpster fire of an organization. But Carolina's had some success. They've had recent success. They've got some decent things there. And you still can't get it done. I think that proves you're not that great. For sure. Yeah. Uh, the thing that Sam Darnold and uh, Cam Newton have in common, great college quarterbacks. Cam had better success at the NFL level, but neither of them were really good at the NFL. No, no, no. I, I disagree with that because Cam Cam damn near had a Hall of Fame career. Let's be honest. He's, he's the all-time leader in everything. He's no Cam Matt Ryan. Cam. He's okay. Well, Matt Ryan, the jury's still out on him too. Is Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan ever going to get back to the playoffs? We don't know. Put a team around him. Maybe will, will Matt Ryan ever get back to the playoffs? Give him a defense. That's that's a legitimate question, Jared Chaffet. That's that is a that is a bona fide legitimate question. Will Matt Ryan ever grace the playoffs ever again? I tell I you what, so. he needs he so. needs he, he. I think so too. When he pulls a Matthew Stafford and leaves Atlanta. <laughs> that's that's what's gonna happen. He gonna leave y'all. Y'all suck. But that's I mean, just my two cents. We're uh second in the division. And you'll stay there. That's the best Atlanta can do. They're not you're not gonna win the division. Tampa Bay's in that division. Hell, they might not even beat out New Orleans if Taysom Hill catches fire. I'm telling you. Look, Matt Ryan will pull a Matthew Stafford. He's leaving Atlanta. I don't he's going to so. go. He's going to go to a contender, and then that team's going to go fourteen and three. And people in Atlanta will be like, "Oh my God, why couldn't we do this when Matt Ryan was here? Because y'all suck, and you didn't build we don't a team have a defense. Him. We don't yeah, have a defense. You didn't, you didn't build a team. I'll take Warren Saba on the on the Falcons. Still wouldn't be enough. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Um, <laughs> all right, Artie, it's bowl season. Bowl season starts Friday. It's time. It's the most magical time of the year. I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about bowl season. Mm-hmm. First first bowl game, the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, Toledo at 12 yeah. o'clock uh, on Friday. What you know about either of these teams? Yeah, I won't be watching the game. Don't care about the game. I'll catch the highlights on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> if if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, uh, that's that's my honest opinion on it. But you know that is the kickoff bowl of in and Bahamas bowl in recent years has actually been really really good. I know a couple of years ago they had what that six or seven overtime game, or they had that that really crazy finish that happened in the Bahamas bowl. Um, these players get to go to the Bahamas, you know, so it's, it's really cool for them. But, uh, if you're asking me personally, fast forward. All right. 
Um, let, let's talk about some games that are actually interesting. Um, one game that I think is interesting, it's the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Yes. Um, Western Kentucky, App State. App is a three-point favorite. The over-under is 67.5. Uh, I'm going to take the under on that. And I'm going to take... I'm going to take Western K- Kentucky. Wow. I could not disagree with you more. App's got a solid defense. They are the only team this season outside of Cincinnati, which is in the playoff, that really beat us handedly. I mean, they, they beat us by double digits. We kind of tried to creep back in the second half and just couldn't do it. Um, App State, in my opinion, is going to win that game by two-plus touchdowns. I, I think I think they beat the snot out of Western Kentucky. I don't think that game is going to be that close. I think it's close in the first half, and I think App State runs away with it. All right. That's Saturday, uh, December 18th. Another game on Saturday, the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl from Shreveport, Shreveport Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, UAB, BYU. Future... Uh, Future American Athletic Conference opponent playing BYU. BYU is a seven-point favorite, number 13 BYU, seven-point favorite. The over-under is 54-and-a-half. I'm taking BYU, and I, I'm taking them by 10. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for UAB. They're going to be a future American uh, Conference member. So, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for uh, Alabama, Birmingham. Had a really, you know, decent season, good team. Uh BYU can get caught. I mean, they're not a team that's unbeatable. They can they can get caught. They got caught a few times this year. Uh, but I agree with you. I got BYU, and I think they end up winning by 10 as well. All right. Um, moving along. All right. Monday. This is a this is an interesting matchup. Two six and six teams, one of them being from the American. Uh Old Dominion, Tulsa, and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Um, Tulsa's a nine and a half point favorite. I, I Tulsa's a good team. Tulsa's better than what their record says, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Tulsa wins this game by two touchdowns. Yeah, Tulsa went to Cincinnati and took them to the wire. So that speaks volumes. Also took Ohio State to the wire. Exactly, exactly. Um, But you know what? I don't care. Give me Old Dominion. Give me the old Conference USA rival. Give me Old Dominion. I got them beating Tulsa in this one. All right. Um, Tuesday, you got UT San Antonio, San Diego State, and the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. San Antonio's a two and a half point favorite. I mean, you got a twelve and one team playing an eleven and two number twenty four team in the country. I'm taking UTSA. I I don't really think that the Mountain West is that great like san diego state went 11 and 2 out of the mountain west yeah i think utsa is, is is a better team also future american athletic conference uh foe so I, I'm, I'm gonna ride with uh the roadrunners and uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna say roadrunners win by a touchdown yeah i i agree give me utsa i i hate the fact that they bounced them out of the top 25 i think this should be a 24 versus 25 matchup i mean utsa is 12 and 1 if they were 13 and 0 they would still be in the top 25 and i, I get it you know they're, they're they're not a power five school with one loss so they bounced them out but i'd love to see 24 versus 25 would make that uh, storyline a whole lot more interesting but yeah give me san antonio 
All right, Thursday, December 23rd, 7 o'clock ESPN. This is an interesting matchup. UCF Florida in the in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Um, th- this is in Raymond James Stadium, so it's in Florida. Place is going to be packed. I, I think it's sold out. Yeah. Uh, Florida's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's not right. Give me UCF. Give me UCF by two touchdowns. Yeah, j- just like the North Carolina-South Carolina matchup, they knew exactly what they were doing when they played oh, yeah. this bowl game. They knew exactly what they were doing. Florida, UCF, you got Gus Malzahn, the old Auburn coach, the old SEC coach. Um, I, I I agree. I don't know why Florida is a six-point favorite. They quit. Florida quit. Like, we literally saw an SEC team this year quit. They quit on their coach. They quit on themselves. They're going to get blown out in this game. I don't I don't think Florida wins this game. I think UCF wins about 14-plus, honestly. All right. Moving along. Uh Last game we'll talk about, it's uh, Memphis goes to Hawaii. Hawaii's a sneaky good team also. Um, a 6-6 six and six team against a 6-7 and seven team. Memphis is a seven-point favorite. I do think that Memphis wins that game handily, and I, I think they probably win it by – I'd say Memphis probably wins that game by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, Memphis, what Memphis is kind of the case of been there, done that. They've been to a bunch of bowl games over the last decade. They've won a bunch of bowl games. Their experience doesn't matter what class or freshmen, sophomores, seniors, whatever it may be. Uh, give me Memphis. I think they win this game. I think they know how to get it done. Sounds good. Well, Artie, um, that's all I got for right now. Um, we'll come back next week. And guess what? It's game week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, we'll we'll have a bowl game to talk about for uh, the first time in seven years. Love it. The first time in the Boneyard podcast era of ECU sports that we'll have a ECU bowl game to be talking about, and we'll uh we'll be breaking down the Boston College Eagles. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. Uh, that that's going to be a hell of a time. We're so excited. Um, Artie, any final thoughts on this hell of a show that we've had today? Pirate Nation, this is why we do it, baby. You know, we 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 put these things together so that when you're listening to it in your car or at home or in the gym or wherever you may be, that you're actually enjoying the content that we provide for you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode, love this episode, and uh, cannot wait to do it all over again next week, baby. Wash your hands, yeah. wash your butt. With that being said, what I will say is if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed this episode, wherever you are, what I want you to do is take 30 seconds. Take 30 seconds. If you're driving, wait till you get to where you're at. But take 30 seconds. That's all it takes. And make sure you're subscribed on all of our social media channels so that way you can stay in the know. And also, make sure you leave us a, a five-star review, okay? I wouldn't even say that. Be honest. Be honest with us. I, I yep. like I like the feedback. Be honest with us. Tell us what we can improve on. But there's a, there's a reason we have 50 reviews and only two of them are not five stars. And one of them, I think, is from um, a sub-rate podcast that <laughs> tried to tried – to, 
pull one over on us. But names uh, who shall not be mentioned. But the the official premier podcast of Pirate Nation knows what's up. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we we hope that you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I this is this is why we do it. Artie, you said it best. This is why we do it. Yeah. This episode is proof that we are the premier podcast. There ain't no if, ands, or buts. Um, so yeah, next week we'll uh, we'll have a special Christmas themed and uh, bowl game themed uh, episode. So we're we're hoping you're excited for it. So yeah, leave us a review, please do that. Um, it takes thirty seconds, and that's why. That helps us. That helps us show up on on the top of the page, so other pirate fans, other college football fans, can find us. Guys, we don't make money off this. Like we're not doing this for money, um, but we want we want to reach more people, and that helps us. And Artie, that's why we were the number. I think it was fifteen ranked sports about, podcast. Are you, are you about to say what I think you're about to say? Yeah, in Ghana. <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to make a little snippet on the episode. Number 15 in Ghana. I still don't believe that. I, 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 I showed you. I had this. I nobody. Who the hell in Ghana has time to listen to the Boneyard podcast about East Carolina and North Carolina? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we're also a top 100 podcast in the United States of America. So, and if you love America, you love the Boneyard podcast. It's a match made in heaven. Give us a review. Love you, Power Nation. We out. Deuce. Also, one last thing, actually. One last thing. Damn it, Jared. You're stalling. No, I'm not. I'm not. If you're still listening, John Smith. I, it came up in my in my Facebook feed yesterday. I can't remember when your son's actual birthday is, but last year we gave him a shout-out on his birthday. We're going to do it again this year. Happy birthday, Logan. Happy birthday, Logan. All right. Peace out. Deuce.